0: Today on the Dean Dome Talk, we discuss the comeback by UNC against Wake Forest, a win against a ranked opponent, of course. Uh, We also discuss a bunch of stuff in college football, college basketball, and we preview the UNC basketball season and the exhibition game against Elizabeth City State. But first, it's tip-off time on the Dean Dome Talk. Before we get started i'd like to thank you all for listening uh andrew and i would love to grow this podcast even more so please do us a favor share this with your friends your family let's get the word out there that this is the best unc podcast out there enjoy the podcast hello and welcome back to the dean Dome talk i'm gaddy joining me is andrew hey everyone And boy, uh, was that a football game or was that a football game? Because UNC just beat a ranked opponent. A top 10 opponent. Oh, yeah. Little old Wake Forest. Little Wake Forest. Yes. uh, But we'll be getting into that and a bunch of college basketball in a moment. But first, let's do a little bit of quick fire. What do you say? Yeah, go at it. All right. So, first off, the Carolina Hurricanes created a website called Did the Habs Lose? To make fun of the fact that the Hurricanes beat the Montreal Canadiens, the quote unquote, the Habs, that the that website was then hacked and now says Carolina Hurricanes suck. <laughs> yeah, so some uh, playful back
1: and forth. <laughs> yes,
0: it's just like the UNC uh, website. Did Duke win? Did, did, yeah, and you know we all love that website. Um. So yeah, just some good old, good old competition. Oh, yeah. Uh, next up, Carly Lloyd, UN, U.S. women's national team legend, has had her last game in the Stars and Stripes. Um, I, I believe it was last weekend. Yeah. I don't, who was it against? It was
2: um, – um, I, I don't remember. I, who I forgot who it. it was against. Me. Oh,
0: that was – well, right now on TV, we're watching Notre Dame and Navy play, and uh, some guy got hit and he just did a 360 – or did a, did a front <laughs> flip in the air. Sorry. So, uh, big hit, very big hit. Yeah. Um. So yeah, a legend, a legend, yeah. top scorer, among other things. Um, yeah one one of the
1: one of the top scorers three hundred sixteen matches in the national team. That
0: is a lot. <laughs> that is a lot. A hundred is considered a lot. Yeah. Three hundred something is so many. Yeah. She was an integral part. She was a key part mm-hmm. of the core, of the UN's uh, U.S. women's national team, mm-hmm. the team that won World Cups mm-hmm. among other competitions and gold medals. And she's now made way for the next generation. Really, yeah. She that core is really moving on, mostly. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, no, nothing's come out yet, but Alex Morgan, I can see moving on after another world cup yeah after one more world Cup, yeah um nothing's come out about that megan rapinoe as well probably moving on at some point so uh yeah we'll see um moving on a little bit more lsu football had so (laughs) many injuries they couldn't practice Now, I did not hear about this until you told me, so what's going on? Yeah, so um,
1: uh, Ed Orgeron is having a tough time over there. This was uh, on, the story came out October 27th, and this is, you know, in preparation for their game against rival Alabama. So many injuries you can't practice. I mean, like, they are are a mess right now, LSU is. They're just kind of waiting for the season to be over and then hope that they can go after um, James Franklin someone like that to be their next coach i
0: mean there's not much the head coach can do about injuries <laughs> that's true that's as long true. as he's not that... playing someone through their injuries right but, right yeah. um not a good look though i mean and i guess going from current sec to future sec let's talk <laughs> about something that happened involving texas shall we uh, yeah you take a it you take it certain... <laughs> <Assistivates. laughs> i don't know the, all the details of this but somebody on the texas coaching staff left this is a little bit deep of a story uh left their wife and kids and moved was it moved in or was dating a stripper yeah who goes by the name of pole assassin (laughs) And this past halloween (laughs) there was reports that eventually became confirmed that trick-or-treaters going to the house of pole assassin were bitten by her emotional support monkey.
1: <laughs> the, um, yeah, so fans have been um, joking with, and joking with Texas, and, you know, instead of having, you know, their normal logo, having a monkey, um, instead of um, on the throwback, em. the throwback uh, yeah. longhorn. <laughs> the throwback uh, longhorn. There's
0: a throwback monkey. Yeah, instead. throwback monkey.
1: Instead of the phrase "hook them," which is the, that's their you know phrase for Texas, um, they've been saying <laughs> "bite them." So and, uh,
0: I cannot wait for the game this weekend uh, tonight, uh, tonight seven thirty yeah. uh, on Saturday at Iowa uh, State. Is at that? Iowa State, I want to see how many signs are just going to say "pole assassin." bite them yeah. does just play on this <laughs> this was an ordeal and it is nowhere near over but it is yeah. it just keeps getting deeper and deeper because uh, pole Assassin on Twitter released a video it was then taken down but it's been documented where she basically went through her multiple yards through multiple <laughs> locked gates into the back of her backyard the furthest backyard she has apparently mm. to the cage where she keeps the monkey. I was like, well, the kid had, had to go through all of this to get here, somewhere mm-hmm. where they're not supposed to go. Mm-hmm. So whether Paul Assassin's responsible for this or whatever, <laughs> this was the story of <laughs> Halloween. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's Halloween story for you. Yeah, um, so
0: don't be surprised when you see signs about this in the, in the, uh, in the Texas football game tonight. Yeah. I guess.
1: Yeah, fans are going to have a field day with this.
0: Oh, yes, they will. Um, and last up on Quickfire, the Braves, the Atlanta Braves, beat the mm-hmm. Houston Astros four games to two to win the World Series. Mm-hmm. So uh, congratulations to them.
1: Yeah, they. it's a crazy story because their top player, I think he tours ACL in spring training. Um so it was not looking good. They started off the season not looking good either. Um <clears throat> I mean yeah, they were having just a very bad season at start. They made some trades. They, you know, found their way into the playoffs and then they were able to do it. They were able to win that first series against the Brewers, beat the Dodgers somehow. The Dodgers were their defending World Series champions. And then we're able to beat the Astros yeah they pretty crazy their their manager Brian uh, uh, what's it called Brian Snitker it's cool for him that he has that he was able to win the World Series as the manager because he joined the organization in 1977 as a minor league player and he's been with the organization ever since then in various different roles. He, he played for a little while. Um Well, actually, I don't know if he actually made it up to the um, major league team, but he had different assistant coaching roles since, like, the mid-late 80s. Became the full-time manager in 2016. So, coming full circle for someone who's been there for a while.
0: Yeah. And, um again, congratulations to the uh, Atlanta Braves. Mm-hmm and uh, i guess that's A for quick fire. should we move yeah. into football yeah let's go into football uh let's 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 start with the low and then go up to the high here. yeah yeah let's talk about unc at notre dame uh last weekend
2: mm-hmm.
0: i i can say two conclusions about this one i think we could have won that game yeah and two notre dame being in that position definitely underlines why they are not top five top mm-hmm. four yeah we were able to run through them, score on them, when yeah. we were ticking. But mm-hmm. what really held us back were a lot of bad play calls and yeah. just individual mistakes for penalties. Yeah, The thing I'll point is the face mask violation at the end of the second quarter by Trey Morrison, mm-hmm. which turned a stop on the fourth down to a 15-yard penalty and a Notre Dame touchdown. Yeah. Um we do go on the other end though and take a field goal so that we're only down 13 to 17 at the half. Mhm. Which, you know, it could have been 10-10 at the half, it could have been 13-10 at the half, but mm-hmm. we went in with the with the depth. And from there we just basically lost control though. We had some up opportunities to claw back in the third and the fourth, but yeah. We just couldn't really keep up with them yeah. at the end of the day. So
1: yeah no that's i don't have anything more to add there i mean i yeah i I was not expecting it to even be that close i will say you know that we i mean i remember uh, you saying how much are we losing by right right and i mean to keep it to 10 points is not bad actually i mean notre dame is a good team only one loss so far this year they to cincinnati to cincinnati who should well we'll, we'll you get keep to some. Yeah, you keep yeah. saying
0: this should be top four.
1: Yeah, I think Cincinnati got disrespected when they were named number six in the country. But you speaking know, speaking of somebody
0: who was... just got disrespected, Little <laughs> Wake Forest. Little Wake Forest. Nine in the country. Well, they're not gonna be there for no, much longer. Not much Because, yeah, they well first
1: off, they they were nine in the country because they're undefeated and you know that's eight they're, no. Eight and no. Eight no. They hadn't beat a ranked team at that point. Though coming into this year, they haven't they haven't even played a ranked team. They were up eighteen points on us in the late in the third quarter. Yes, we come all the way back and we win the game fifty eight to fifty five. We I went mean, into the
0: fourth down fourteen. Yeah, yeah, scored twenty
1: four straight points in the fourth quarter. Yes,
0: yeah, we outscored them twenty four to seven. Yeah, and, in the fourth. Yeah.
2: Because and, we did let up a late. Yeah, touchdown,
0: but. We got stop, Mm -hmm. stop, interception, Mm -hmm. and that just sealed it. The wheels came off the wagon for Wake Forest. Yeah, really The crowd was really into the game. I am so proud of the crowd for not leaving after the third. Because in the third, it was looking like we had no chance of this. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: It looked like another UNC game of our offense playing pretty well, but can't, you know, keep it up the whole game, and our defense not even giving our offense a chance. Um, but, I mean, we turn it around. Ty Chandler, our running back, 213 yards, four touchdowns.
0: That's a record for him in yards,
1: yeah, but not in touchdowns. Which is kind of crazy. I, I want to, I don't know what game he had more touchdowns than that, Um then Sam Howell, he ran for 104 yards, two touchdowns. Also threw for 216, one touchdown, zero interceptions. To Today, Sam Howell broke the UNC record for most total yards of offense. He passed Marquise Williams. Yes. a huge personal day for Sam Howell. He broke that
0: in the first quarter. Yeah. As yeah. well. Very so, early on. Very early on. Making history here. He's pushing that record up every single game now. Yeah. Though he did have a scary tackle in the fourth. Yeah. I have that feeling that he just sort of hit his elbow in just that one spot. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows that you hit it there, it's going to hurt, and you're going to say all those colorful English language <laughs> words. And it's like after like 10, 15 minutes, you'll be fine. Right, right? I'm just happy we didn't ask him to start throwing it too much yeah. after that. Yeah. Just let the handoff do the job, and our defense showed up. We got into the mines... Of Wake Forest. Mm-hmm. They were committing penalty after penalty after penalty. Yeah. And then on top of that, we were committing penalties at the end. Yeah. On Sportsmanlike Conducts after yeah. the play. After the play. Just to spite them. <laughs> because they couldn't do anything about it.
1: Yeah. Our fans were so excited. Or, or Our players were so excited. There were, I think, two straight plays where it was on Sportsmanlike penalty for our players taking a, like, the opponent <laughs> yes. off. Yes. And running around. Um, So, I mean... I mean, not fun to have penalties, but when it was in that spot where it felt like the game was over, yeah, it was awesome. I mean, just, I cannot believe it. Because Wake Forest, their quarterback threw for five touchdowns. They had two rushers over 70 yards. They had two receivers with 100-plus yards and two touchdowns apiece, Ja'Quari Ro- Roberson and A.T. Perry. Their offense was certainly clicking for large parts of it. I mean, they scored 55 points.
0: I mean, and we played this game mostly without Gimmel. Right, right. He was ejected for targeting. A rightful call. Right. right. At the end of the day. It was the correct call to make.
1: Um, he was our middle linebacker. But basically. it really hurt us. Yeah. But yeah. we
0: stepped it up. We, we stepped did. the defense up in the second half. Yeah, Our offense matured this game, I think, uh, over previous games. So... Our offensive line played better. Yes. We gave Howe more time.
1: They And especially in the run game, which uh, this is why I love running. But, you know, in addition to Sam Howe just making things happen, our blockers got out there quick enough to lay blocks on the outside to allow Chandler to get some room and to create some gaps for Chandler to get through. And he's a good enough of a running back where he, you give him the opportunity Chandler's going to make plays and 200 something yards later, he sure did make plays. Um, another interesting point, both Wake Forest and North Carolina, are quarterbacks are named Sam H. So it was the battle of the Sam H's and Sam
0: Howell won. Yes. Another, another reason to be excited. Of course. Yeah. So we just ended Wake Forest season really yeah yeah,
1: yeah i mean they, the the thing is no yeah obviously no more playoff talks for wake forest it wasn't really that realistic coming into the game anyways but yeah. now that's done although they still have a good chance of winning their division partially cuz clemson still but clemson has two losses and wake forest has zero conference losses because this game was a non-conference game <laughs> oddly enough yeah oddly enough it was so so yeah crazy I, I'm, I'm just in shock that we that we actually were able to complete that comeback
2: um, yeah
0: I mean what else can I say other than this I think this was a maturing game yeah for this yeah. for this team and hmm can I say I'm looking forward to next week yes let's say you know, it yeah I'm at looking Pittsburgh forward to next week at Pittsburgh let's get the W there yeah the yeah. season is still very much alive and we still play some good opponents yeah
1: yeah, Pittsburgh and uh, State. NC State. Yeah, yeah. now that's
0: gonna be worthless if we just lose to Wofford. Right. We beat those two, <laughs> and lose to Wofford, but you know, yeah, one game at a time, right? One game
1: at a time. Huge win here. Yeah. In other news, should we stick with some college football? Yeah, let's do some. Let's, yeah. let's finish
0: up football before we move into basketball.
1: Yeah. So, with college football, some big news. Um, you know, there have been talks about the expansion of the college football playoffs. And that's been tabled for now I think that they're going to consider it again in the December meeting of whichever group decides that stuff the bowl season group sent a letter arguing that playoff games should not be at home stadiums of teams instead they should be at bowl game sites this would keep bowl games relevant. if you have playoff games at bowl games although personally like I would love to see playoff games like home and away, right? Like, can you imagine a, for example, like a two-legged? Well, no, just like a one, like make, make the rankings matter at like Alabama at Clemson playoff game where it's at Death Valley. You know, like oh, fans man. would love that. Fans would oh, love yeah, that. Fans
0: would love that. But I mean, they could get into, they could get into like bigger stadiums if they used the pro stadiums for those games neutral right, sites right just more revenue really yeah so they'll probably keep it at bowl game
1: stadiums but it would be fun to at least see well i think like you know if, if they're going to expand to well this is a whole other conversation because we, we don't even know like they've been delaying the expansion talks
0: since the the sec power move but i don't anyways, understand that why like, a organization that wants more money is turning down more money. I don't know. Yeah? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But um,
1: with college football playoffs, the, the first rankings of the year came out. Georgia number one, not surprising. Alabama two, which was kind of surprising for me. Michigan State three. Oregon four. Ohio State five. Cincinnati six. That was disrespectful to Cincinnati. I I personally view that as the committee saying, yeah, we're never going to let a group of five team into the playoffs. The the whole thing has always been, oh, well, you group of five teams, even though you're undefeated, you don't have big wins on your record. So Cincinnati said, all right, we're going to go get a big win. They scheduled a road game at Notre Dame. They won.
0: That's as big a game as you're gonna get yes
1: i mean you know winning in front of touchdown jesus i mean like it doesn't get much better than that Touchdown. yeah jesus. they have like a they have a statue of a of a, of a jesus or like a painting kind of thing of a jesus over the stadium and like people call it touchdown jesus because that's where the touchdowns happen yeah. <laughs> um so yeah you you can't get a a like i mean it's hard to get a better non-conference win than that the committee said, still said,
0: yep. so I mean, you can count on your hands how many teams, I mean, how many more, like better wins you you'll get. Right, not many. Like, Bama, Clemson, mm-hmm. Michigan, yeah, o- Ohio State, Oklahoma. Right, right. right. That's it, and that's
1: yeah. and that's not many. And the thing is that this is a big deviation from the AP poll. The AP poll has Cincinnati at number two. So. That's the other frustrating part. I don't know. I just... The the committee has ulterior motives. Right. Because really. I think they have representatives from all the Power 5 conferences on, on there um, voting. Also, the it is very bad for this conference realignment stuff if a group of five teams can make the playoffs. Because, you know, some, some of the appeal of Power 5 conferences is that you're... You know, you can get teams in the playoffs through that. So... I don't know. It, it was very frustrating, but I can rant on that another
0: day. Yeah. Um. Though, I, at number six, I don't think it's impossible. I think they're giving Cincinnati the benefit of the doubt. Like, stay good. Mm-hmm. Keep winning. And there's a chance that guys above you are going to screw up because they do play each other. If they do screw up, mm-hmm. you're in. Keep yeah. going. Yeah. Six is not too far away. Right. It's not too far away. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm
1: I'm rooting for him. But anyways, in another college football news, there was a big matchup between Michigan and Michigan State last weekend. Both teams were undefeated going into the game. They were both top 10, and Michigan State pulled out the win. Another very disappointing loss by Jim Harbaugh at Michigan. Harbaugh has... Consistently underperformed in rivalry games. Like, I think he's one in four against Michigan State and zero and five against Ohio oh, State. No. Other than that, like he can put up ten win seasons, like like it's nothing. But he's but when it matters, right? Right. So some heat's on Harbaugh. Michigan State is doing amazing. I mean, they're at number three in the country and for a good reason. Also, there have been some moves going on. Uh, TCU fired Gary Patterson gary patterson has been the coach since 2000
0: whoa okay that's a long time ago
1: very long time ago he
0: is like kindergarten
1: (laughs) mr tcu when he started um he he started in 2000 for a bowl game for them but like his first full season was in 2001 when they were in the conference usa they worked their way up to the mountain west after that they worked their way up to the big 12 we're Patterson has won a big 12 title so <clears throat> you know kind
0: of sad to see him go after he's done so much for the program but especially mid-year yeah that something's got to be up to go mid-year yeah so you don't let somebody like this go mid-year right unless right. something's up so
1: yeah and another move clay helton who was the head coach at usc fired mid-year and this is old news that he was fired mid-year but mm-hmm. he recently got appointed as the head coach of Georgia
0: Southern. In After the two games, he was fired, I think. Yeah,
1: and that was kind of wild. Yes. USC had an opportunity to win the their division, but kind of said, no, we're going to give up by firing their coach that early. Now he's going to be the Georgia Southern coach. But I think he was announced for next year. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I don't think they'll bring somebody in now. Mid-year, so. yeah.
1: Um, and then lastly... Old Dominion has joined the Sunbelt.
0: Sunbelt's getting big. 16 teams, I think?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, They've recently added um, Old Dominion, Marshall, Southern Miss, and James Madison. James Madison's from FCS, but they are a um, FCS powerhouse, basically. like I think they're ranked number one in FCS rankings right now.
0: Did Notre Dame just put in their... A backup? freshman quarterback. Oh, yeah. Wow.
1: Interesting.
0: That's an interesting move. What happened?
1: That is a very interesting
0: move. Okay. Um, it's 3 3 right now, middle of the second quarter of that game. Yeah. That's interesting. Wow. Okay. Uh, if something else happens, we'll let you know. Let you it know. doesn't look like their quarterback is hurt. No. He's just on the sideline wow um I guess should we move on to the NFL yeah NFL not too much to talk about right here just normal stuff Panthers actually beat the Falcons nice nice so I don't know what they're trying to do if they're trying to win or trying to lose (laughs) or whatever they beat the Patriots I think uh this weekend Mm -hmm. or tomorrow I guess um Stephen Gilmore returns to New England so oh yeah that'll be interesting to watch yeah yeah he did bag an interception uh last week but Mm -hmm. um yeah i i kind of i don't know what i want for the panthers i kind of want them to suck for sam powell but i also (laughs) want them to look good
1: yeah Yeah. we'll see
0: because they are um
1: i'm trying to think where, where they are right now they're four and four so
0: something like that
1: yeah i mean technically i think they're in the playoff race Oh, God. Because it's seven teams in the playoffs now, so
0: Sam Darnold in the playoffs—that would be a sight to see. Yeah. Well, no, he got—he has a concussion though, so oh, he's right. not playing. Okay. I don't think he'll be playing. Yeah. So. Right
1: now they are at the seventh spot. Right now the Panthers are at four and four.
0: We'll see what happens. Yeah. I, I don't know what to think.
1: Yeah. But um, some some changes with some teams. Derrick Hen- Henry, he's going to be out. Um, I don't there know. goes my fantasy team. Yeah, there goes your fantasy team. <laughs> I,
0: gosh, scored 47 <laughs> points one weekend and bailed me out. Yeah. Um, on top of that, I had uh, Kareem Hunt and um, who else did I have? I had um, Chris Carson. Oh really? All three on the same team in IR. Oh god, a killer team on IR. That's rough. Yeah. So that's that's my fantasy season done. Yeah, it's brutal. But um, something that hits closer to home for you. OBJ is he's out of the
1: Browns. Done. Yep. Released. We've released him. And this comes after his dad posted a video on Instagram of the times that Baker Mayfield did not throw to OBJ. And, um, I don't know, like, he's a talented, very talented player. But frankly, I think he's overrated. Part of the thing that, that people who watch that video on Instagram do not realize is that the Browns run a rhythm offense. So sometimes pre-snap of the offensive coordinator is saying, you need to throw it to this side of the field, right? Because, you know, we want to get defenses to shift certain ways, so we throw it to certain sides of the field. So sometimes, like, the play's not designed to be looking where OBJ is, even if he's open. Also, he has so many drops. So many crucial drops that it's like, okay, even when we throw it to you, you're you're not helping us. Um I'm honestly not disappointed he's leaving because I think we can get a player who puts up the same production that he has been putting. Who does up the for same che- thing, which cheaper. is
0: nothing for cheaper. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, <clears throat>
0: yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's that's the football news we got. Yes. So, um, it's time to talk about some basketball. We got some. We got a lot of basketball here. Well, yesterday was the uh, first game.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: not really it's a preseason game mm-hmm. for unc basketball uh exhibition against elizabeth city state mm-hmm. and um we'll get to that in a little bit but first mm-hmm. uh, i want to finish up some predictions we've got okay so sec uh yes we're gonna start <clears throat> the sec then the acc yeah. then the uh actually now i'm gonna start with the top 25 so. oh really okay i'm gonna start with top 25 because it's at the top of my little notes right here. So I'm going to go through the preseason top 25 and basically say whether I think the team is basically just about where they should be, sort of Mm -hmm. spot on, if they're overrated or underrated. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I'm starting at number one, Gonzaga. I think they're spot on. They're they're a top team. UCLA at number two is (coughs) overrated. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kansas, number three, I'd say they're about spot on. Villanova, spot on. Four Texas and Michigan, five six, spot on. Purdue and Baylor and Duke are six, uh, seven, eight, nine. And I think all of these guys are overrated right really? now. Purdue, I don't even think should be ranked. Really? Whoa! Not to start of the season, to be honest. Okay. Okay. Um, Baylor, I don't see them doing anything this year, man. I, I, just, I do think like, their
1: rankings are because they won the championship. Uh-huh. So. Out of respect, they're going to be put in the top 10. But I agree. I think there's going to be a drop-off.
0: Big drop-off. Yeah. Um, so now we're at number 10, Kentucky. Spot on. 11, Illinois. Spot on. Mm-hmm. Memphis at 12, I think, is a stretch. Because we've seen Penny Hardaway with all this talent mm-hmm. before do nothing. Yeah, but this... Like, I don't have confidence that he's going to be able to get all out of what he's got in. Personally. I don't. I also don't understand how they're so easily getting all of these, this talent in yeah. in the first place. Well, part of it was
1: because I think both he and other members of the coaching staff did a lot of coaching in, on the AAU circuit before going to Memphis. So, like, they have the direct Yes.
0: But it's also landed them in hot water.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's true.
0: So... Yeah, for having unfair advantages, I don't. I think Memphis being at twelve is overrated. I think they might still be 20, top twenty-five. I'm not. i haven't mm-hmm. decided on that. Yeah, but they're not number twelve. Oregon at thirteen is underrated, though. Yeah, Oregon's good, yeah. good. They're very, very good. And so is mm-hmm. fourteen Alabama. Mm-hmm. They're also going to be really good. Houston, I'd say they're a bit overrated, but still about top twenty-five. Yeah. Then Arkansas at sixteen. Ohio State seventeen, Tennessee eighteen, and UNC at nineteen. I think are all spot on. Yeah, I think that's where these teams should be. Just about there, plus or minus like one or two spots. Yeah, because uh, these rankings are fluid. Right, that. right. Um, Florida State being ranked at all at number twenty, I think is a surprise. I would put them unranked, mm-hmm. so they're overrated here. Auburn at twenty one and Maryland at twenty two are over are underrated. Sorry. Mm-hmm. They should be higher in this ranking. They're, they're going to be very good teams.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know why somebody put Sing Bonaventure in here. They're <laughs> going to be good, but I don't think they're going to be top 25. Yeah. They're not going to be able to hold a candlestick to anybody. Yeah, uh, any, any power team. Any top 25 team, really. Um, UConn at 24 is also overrated. Mm-hmm. And then Virginia at number 25. I think it's spot on. Yeah. Um, so, there, of course, there's a lot of ACC and SEC teams mm-hmm. in here. We haven't talked about them. We'll talk about them in a moment. Yeah. But there's two other teams. I didn't go through all the other teams and overrate or underrate them if they were receiving votes. The two teams I did sort of mention that were that should be on this list are Indiana with 41 mm-hmm. votes. They should be on this top 25 list. And Oklahoma State. Now, Oklahoma State is postseason banned, um, which oh, was sucks. confirmed this week. Yeah. I had them being very good this year, so that's a disappointment. I had them definitely going to the tournament, so mm-hmm. we'll evaluate how good they are or whether they should have gone to the tournament based on the record. Mm-hmm. See if I was right at the end of the season. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess let's go ahead and jump into the SEC.
1: Can I give a couple thoughts? Go for it. There, yeah. So, I I agree with a lot of what what you have said, especially like Auburn at twenty one was surprising them having having them that low. I mean, Bruce Pearl is a good coach, and I feel like he's going to have this team ready to play. Yes. Um, UConn, I was shocked that they were in the top twenty five. I mean, very shocked. Now, with two my two spots of disagreement though. Well, first, I guess the question is, how overrated do you think UCLA is? Because they're right now ranked at number two. Where would
0: you rank them? Probably like 10, 9, 10. Okay. They're way too highly ranked right here. They're a good team. Mm -hmm. Though I think they've had an injury to their team, which is going to hurt them Oh, really? Yeah. I don't remember who was injured, but Mm -hmm. I know they have an injury. Um, I wrote it down somewhere. Uh, But... They are top twenty-five, but not number two in the country. By yeah. no means, this is this, this is overrating based on the performances in the tournament. Mm-hmm. Really, yeah. Though they have given UNC the benefit of the doubt, starting them at nineteen. Yeah, yeah. Duke being overrated at nine. I'll get into that in a little bit. Um, they'll be good. They'll be very mm-hmm. good. I don't know if they'll start out at nine though. Okay. Uh. So what else? do You have a. Uh, so I you got to in, sit here. In,
1: Yeah and I feel like UCLA I, I agree it's a little bit of I mean they've got to come back down to earth a little bit After their run like they're not going to look Like that NCAA tournament run But I still The cat's out of the bag yeah, like, I mean I still think 6-7 that sounds about right But I don't know if 2 is right Also Texas Like they've got talent And they've got this you know great new coach But also they have this new coach Chris Beard is great, but I mean, it it's gonna take a little bit to for the players to get adjusted to his system, his style of coaching, his style of play. So I don't know if it's gonna be as quick of a top five thing for Texas, but that that's the only thing I had to say. We wouldn't we go to SEC. Yeah. They,
0: I think, if the gears start clicking, they're mm-hmm. gonna be really dangerous. Really, it's, it's a little bit of big of an if, but I have faith Chris Beard can do it because he's. Mm-hmm one of the best coaches in the country. Yeah. With Coach K retiring and Roy already retired, mm-hmm. he, I think he's top three in the country. Really? Yeah. Wow. wow. That, that, he is really good. He is good. He is good. He's a very good man manager and a coach. He's yeah. good enough that Roy Williams went to his practice and learned from him. Really? Oh, yes. I did not know about that. This was the Cole Anthony year. Really? Yes. Wow. Wow. He was trying to figure out how to get his team to play defense better. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah man alright anything else? no anything you you, you want to point out? no let's let's go to let's go to some SEC so let's talk about the SEC Uh, as before I put the teams into a few tiers Um, S tier I think are championship caliber Mm -hmm. Um, 8 tier I think they'll go to the Elite 8 they have a chance at the Elite 8 or basically the second second weekend. weekend yeah Uh, A tier, I think they're a lock for the tournament first weekend. Mm -hmm. Probably not going second weekend. C tier, they're on the bubble. Mm -hmm. D tier, it's a rebuild. And F tier, they're cupcakes. Just no. That's just a a W for you. Yeah. Usually. Yeah. Uh, So let's go ahead and start out with the F tier. I've got three teams in the F tier. Mm -hmm. Um, Ole Miss. There's just no scoring. There's some experience on the scene, but there is just no scoring. They 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 they're, they're, they're going to rely on their defense but they don't have the scoring to make their defense matter. Mm-hmm. I don't think. Missouri just they don't have any experience or scoring. Mm-hmm. So, they're just out of luck. Bottom. Of and Georgia has only one player who scored double digits in college.
1: Hmm.
0: And it was at Florida Atlantic. Oh gosh. It's not happening, fam. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so those are your <laughs> cupcakes for the SEC. These guys are going to be punched around. D-tier are also probably going to get punched around a lot. Yeah. Um. So let's start off with South Carolina. You remember 2017 when South Carolina beat Duke and almost beat Gonzaga for an All-Carolina Championship game to determine who would win the title of Carolina? <laughs> well, it's not happening this year. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um,
0: it's It was a really bad last season, um, and this year will still also be a rebuild. Mm-hmm. Moving up in D tier, the only other D tier team, uh, Vanderbilt. Now, Stackhouse, Jerry Stackhouse, has got to get a tune out of this team, win some more games, preferably more than three conference games, you know. Yeah. Yeah. This season, or it's his job, really. Mm -hmm. Uh, Scottie Pippen Jr. coming back is a big bonus to him. Yeah. Um, There's a chance this team can enter the bubble. Mm-hmm. I just don't think it's good enough. He's yeah. had the time to bring in players, yeah, into his into his system and develop a system. Yeah, this is his test year. Yeah, I don't think it's gonna work. That's why I have it down. I have them down at D tier. As much as I want Jerry Stackhouse to be successful, mm-hmm. so yeah, I don't see this happening. I think yeah. this is just GT for Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. So. Let's talk about the bubble teams. Um, now, I originally wrote some of this before um, injuries were reported. Yeah. But let's go ahead and talk about this. So, first, at the bottom of C tier is Texas A&M. Now, it's time for Buzz Williams to prove his worth, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is third season with the Aggies, and, and after leaving Virginia Tech. Last season didn't really end very well because of COVID shortage covid with players so lack of uh, lack of a game within a month
2: mm-hmm. so it's not very busy. good for yeah.
0: a team trying to keep some momentum up yeah <laughs> uh, there's lots of turnover and incoming transfers in fact six incoming transfers plus a junior college transfer on top of that uh, usually it takes a coach like three to four years to build a program completely top down mm-hmm. Buzz Williams will have to make this work and I think he might get a modest level of success out of it mm-hmm. just enough to get into the bubble conversation but then they lost Jalen Johnson um, who was an incoming transfer to an ACL tear. that's that's tough yeah yeah it's rough for them that's that's very tough so uh, that's gonna that might demote them to DJ right there. Yeah. But originally I had this written as a suit here for them. So I'll stick them there for now. Uh, let's move up to LSU. Well, the LSU Tigers are certainly a team.
2: Yeah. <laughs> they are a team.
0: Uh, the NCAA investigation and in all, four returning players, three incoming transfers, six freshmen. Mm-hmm. One of whom is a red and one is a 2022 reclassification to the class of 2021. Two teams to note are Sharif O'Neal, son of Shaq Diesel. Um, he's a redshirt junior on this team, but hasn't really lit up lit it up in college. Yeah. Um, it, there's been a quote going around where Shaq's been saying, "Y'all, we ain't rich. It's I am rich." <laughs> to his
2: kids, <laughs> it's true. You know, encourage yeah. your
0: kids to go out and you know make their own life. Yeah, no, that's Shaq's rich, not they yeah, are rich. <laughs> Good way to make I like sure they're, yeah, you know, make sure they aren't spoiled. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they're <laughs> spoiled already, but like, right, right. You, you less, have to make sure spoiled. they go out and do it on their own. Yeah. Uh, the other name to mention is Efton Reed, the seven foot forward slash center who was on UNC's radar at some point or his recruitment. Mm-hmm. To be honest, I have no idea what to expect. This this is like, this is like doing like. Five D chess with your like <laughs> hands tied behind your back and a blindfold on. Yeah, I don't know what to expect. In theory, there's talent on this team. Mm-hmm. This team's gonna be on the low end of the bubble, probably closer to the D tier because of how much is turnover there is. Yeah. On top of that, Adam Miller is injured and out for the season. Oh boy. After I wrote this, so. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they're also a little closer to D-Tier. Yeah, that sounds that sounds like it. Yeah. Let's go to a team that should be a little bit better.
1: Florida. Florida. You have but, a lot? Of, yeah. Th- this is an interesting one.
0: This yeah. This is an interesting one. So, on paper... <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Uh, Andrew's taking the liberty of switching us from the navy no name game to the Michigan-State-Purdue game, where... Purdue is beating number three Michigan State 21-7 to in the second, at the end of the second. Yeah, this is, this is
1: crazy. Um, we could see another, because going into this day, there were only six undefeated teams in FBS. Um, Wake Forest lost. Michigan State's another one. Could they lose? We'll see. UTSA wants to be the only undefeated football team. Um.
0: Yes. Uh, make that happen, please. Yes. Football gods. <laughs> um, coming back to Florida in C-tier, of course, Uh, This might be a little bit of a hot take. On paper, looking at the stats, it should seem that Florida should have the firepower to outscore most opponents Mm -hmm. with five players scoring double digits. But when you start looking closer at the details, things begin to fall apart. Let's start with the elephant in the room. uh, Keontae Johnson. Mm -hmm. Just about ten months ago, he just collapsed during a game before being rushed to the hospital for some sort of cardiac event. Oh boy. As of mm. right now, he has not been cleared uh, by medical professionals to resume playing, but is still a part of the team as a sort of a player coach. Yeah, This is really as much as he can go for. Mm-hmm. Turning heads towards the other players on the roster, more will start to appear mm-hmm. uh, in the gator ship here. Um, joining the roster are four transfers of whom all uh, just about score double digits. C.J. Felder from Boston College misses out by 0. 0.3 points per game, but I'll just give it to him you know, for free. I'll give yeah. you 0. 0.3 points per game for free right here. Yeah. Um, when these players obtain uh, their scoring stats, it becomes fairly apparent it's not likely they're going to be dropping 20 points per game like they did at Charleston Southern or 17 points per game at Kansas City yeah kansas city City. wait (laughs) kansas city i thought you were about to say
1: kansas state no kansas Kansas city City. okay okay part
0: of me thinks that there will be some offensive issues that will drag this team into the bubble where it Mm -hmm. probably shouldn't be yeah so this is more so a b tier team that is dragged into c tier rather than a d tier team being dragged into the c tier
1: okay that makes sense yeah
0: yeah so, um, that is that is the end of C-tier. Let's talk about B-tier a little bit. Let's we'll start with Mississippi State.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, this is also a little bit of a hot take. A lot of teams have Mississippi State being like C-tier or D-tier. Mm-hmm. I'm a little bit more positive on them. Yeah. Now, that's a hot take. Uh, but this Mississippi State team is very experienced. And they've mm-hmm. improved, been improving year on year. Mm-hmm. And that's not even mentioning the incoming transfers of multiple solid players, including... Uh, a certain Garrison Brooks. <laughs> yes. Week like one I of the Big Dance, that. I'm saying, is going to be guaranteed here. Depending on the matchups they get, mm-hmm. they might not go further. Yeah. So yeah, I think Mississippi State's going to the Big Dance.
1: Okay, let's yeah. let's
0: see it happen. Tennessee now, after losing Jaden Springer, Keon Johnson, Tennessee really lacks points per game. Yeah. Just about any predictable starting lineup is only two returning players averaging double digits. That being said, they also have lots of freshmen, seven, mm-hmm. and some solid returning role players. So key mm-hmm. to Tennessee season is going to be getting the freshmen performing perform in gel in their mm-hmm. team. And I think they'll do it. They've shown that they can do it probably later in the season and sort of yeah. a, get themselves into a position where they can guarantee yeah. their uh, – their trip to the dance. I don't, but they might get m- just mired into a bubble okay. conversation. They
1: they got some um big recruits though coming in. Right Exa- that's exactly, that's yeah. exactly why
0: I had them up.
1: I Had them up, yeah, yeah.
0: But we've seen the dangers of having just entirely just freshman freshmen. Too many freshmen. Yeah, yeah. With the blue blood flu. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to Alabama. Oh, yeah. Now, Alabama, like, you should say Alabama. Everybody's going to think about football. Yeah. Basketball's been a bigger topic in, in Alabama recently. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I, Michigan State just scored a touchdown. Uh, things keep going well for Nato. It's talent loss after last season was hefty. Mm-hmm. But the remaining talent on roster is quite good. Mm-hmm. Unlike Tennessee, who only have two players with double-digit scoring returning, three... Uh, have it. But mm-hmm. the drop-off between them and the remaining players is a little bit steep. Um, okay. It's like the highest of everybody else among the other scorers is 5.5 points per game. Oh, wow. Yeah, so there's a big drop-off. Mm. Um, so there's two keys here. There are three freshmen and a redshirt freshman. And that is, it's fairly likely one or two of them will start. Okay. So once again, this is a team that will probably start Startle, we'll start in A and B tier, but the season-ending injury to James Rojas and Namari Burnett will drop this team down to a B or B tier.
1: Yeah, so dropping them down from the A to the B. And yeah, yeah that's those are big injuries. St- those a lot are of respect for Nate o- Nate Oates. Yeah, he's yeah. really
0: good at what he does. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah, but I think they're solidly locked to go to the tournament. No, mm. first weekend. Yeah. Arkansas losing to better players like Moses Moody, the retaining experience on their bench and on the floor is huge. Mm-hmm. They are top of B tier for me. Yeah, that their experience in scoring is huge. Yeah, plenty of transfers like Chris likes from Miami. I forgot he's still playing. Yeah, oh wow, okay, okay, that's he a good. Had, he sat out of season, I think, because of an injury. I like that move. That's a big pickup for Arkansas. That is a huge pickup. That guy can ball. Yeah. That guy can ball. Yeah. Um, still slayed for a trip to the big dance, but I don't think they'll go much farther than that. Mm-hmm. Not much farther than first weekend, I don't think. First day, really. Okay. Yeah. Uh, of course, it always depends on your matchups. So that's why I sort of have first weekend, second weekend, championship.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Right. All right. Let's talk about uh, A-Tier. I only have one team in A tier, which only leads one team for S tier, you know, championship tier, you know? Yeah. So let's talk about Auburn. Now, we know Auburn because Walker Kessler transferred here. Yeah. Uh, lots of experience. There's a team of transfers mostly, plus Alan uh, Flan- Flanagan. Mm-hmm. He injured his right Achilles in mid September, so he's going to be out 12 to 14 weeks. Ooh. So he's going to be a second half of the season guy. Yeah conference play. That's this team has potential, but it's really all up to the team jelling. Mhm. That's why I think I think Walker Kessler is going to be an integral part of the team, but I also think uh RuPaul is going to realize why Roy Williams was playing him all the time. And yeah. that his defense is optional. Mhm. His scoring isn't reliable. He has to rely on the mismatches instead of creating things himself. Mhm. So but I think they have a very high ceiling, assuming uh, they can get all the transfers working together properly.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I could I could see that.
0: That's
3: all right,
1: a, that's a good. Bruce Pearl is um he's he's having a fun time. So he I don't know if this could have could have been a quick fire thing, but um at Georgia Auburn football game recently he and cam newton were were leading the crowd hyping up the crowd bruce pearl took off his shirt and was dancing around um he seems like a fun
0: guy you know that's good he's supporting the other sports teams um the only guy who comes the only group that can stop bruce pearl <laughs> is the nc <NCAA>. double <laughs>
1: yeah really um i can see him a tier yeah i'll go yeah. with you on that
0: so, let's talk about Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Like, Kentucky hasn't had the best teams in the past few years. Yeah. Obvious reasons. They caught the blue blood uh, flow. Mm-hmm. Well, um... Yeah, that last season was a real nightmare. Oh, my. so. Many, much so. so much talent they picked up from the recruiting class and so many duds. Yeah. But B.J. Boston and Terrence Clark, rest in peace, were the only real players who had an idea what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um... Eventually, both went to the NBA, mm-hmm. uh, one way or another. Um, and so they're, they're no longer a factor on this team. Yeah. Still, John Calipari has brought in three freshmen and three transfers, which I find interesting. That is yeah. interesting. That is interesting. These freshmen him. are key. Uh, Kellen Grady from Davidson, seventeen point one points per game, yeah. se- seven point four assists per game. That oh, is wow. huge. That's,
2: that's huge. That's huge. Uh,
0: Saber Wheeler. Mm-hmm. From Georgia, 14 points per game. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Oscar Shai- Shibway, uh from West Virginia, mm-hmm. a forward of 8.5 points per game, 7.8 rebounds per game. Those are huge, huge transfers. Mm-hmm. They're going to make a difference. Keon Brooks and uh, Davion Mintz are key returners, but keep an eye on Lance Ware. It's sort, of sort of my thing. hmm I think he's going to come back from an abysmal two, point, uh, two points per game and three rebounds per game performance last season. Mm-hmm. Blue Bloods don't keep sucking like this. Yeah. And if he wasn't yeah. wanted, he would have been booted. Yeah. So I have a feeling Lance Rich is going to have a rebound season right here. I can see it. Um, I, I, that's going to be a little bit of a hot take. Um, I can see this Kentucky team coming back to a more acceptable level. I guess me saying they're... Championship caliber is an acceptable mm-hmm. level. Uh, <laughs> their incoming transfers are looking good, and it seems to have a good bench. Yeah. All this alongside Calipari, quote-unquote, coaching, although a lot of Kentucky fans don't like his coaching. mm mm-hmm. um, And I think Kentucky has a very good chance to reach the Elite Eight, maybe even the Final Four. Mm-hmm. This team usually isn't super reliant on freshmen. Mm-hmm. Uh, this team is unusually... Uh, not super reliant on freshmen is what I meant to say. Yeah. Which is weird when you mentioned Kentucky. You know, the right. epitome of the one and done. Right. So that is Yeah. Yeah. So uh that is my predictions for the SEC. Anything anything you want to mention? I don't think
1: so. I mean I think I think it all makes sense what you were saying. Um the Buzz you know, you're right, it's it's time for Buzz Williams and um jerry stackhouse to prove themselves at the schools that they're at and the, I mean, this is big years for both of them other than that you know I, I think it's very understandable seeing kentucky go back to the top auburn hanging up there at the top as well so yeah do we do we go to
0: acc now yeah let's do the, Ooh, ACC. Let's do the acc
1: yeah all right
0: yeah. so same tier thing as SEC, yeah. but uh start f tier again
1: mm-hmm.
0: boston college I feel like they're here every season. Yeah. When's it's, the last
1: time they made the tournament?
0: <laughs> uh, Probably
1: sometime. I'll, I'll look it up and I'll get back to you. Okay. Yeah.
0: It's been a while. <laughs> My yeah. first, the first thing I write down about Boston College is the word no. <laughs> their only quality proven player is Makai Ashton Langford. 9.7 points per game. Mm-hmm. The remainder of their talent is unproven at the level of the ACC. Yeah. New coach, Earl Grant from Charleston, does bring with him uh, Brevin Galloway, 15 points per game, a mm-hmm. guard. But The ACC is not for the week.
1: Yeah. It this sure team is not. is not ready. Yeah. This team is not ready. 2009. 2009 was their last was, NCAA ooh. tournament appearance. Yeah.
0: Well, okay. Yeah. Uh, sure. New
1: head coach, too, so.
0: Yes. It... This is beyond rebuild. This is, like, completely blown up. Yeah. Yeah. So let's go on to – I think we both agreed on that, didn't we? Oh, yeah.
1: No, um, I'm trying to think. The
0: I'm looking at mine. Yeah, I had Boston College down there, too. So uh, let's move on to the D tier, and let's start at the bottom of D tier, Clemson. Now, Clemson's a pretty good team last season. Um, yeah. They had a pretty good roster going. Mm-hmm. Pretty pretty efficient team. Um, constant teams work hard on both ends. That's yeah. for certain. This makes the team very tricky to face, especially in the last years under Brad Brownell. This year, though, the departure of Sims and Trapper were critical to how this team functioned. Mm-hmm. Um, the Tigers, I think they're going to have an off year of sorts. Despite bringing in two transfers and three freshmen. Yeah. Nick Honor and Elamir Dawes are still on the team, both juniors. And they'll be the source of leadership mm-hmm. and some level of scoring. But I don't think it's enough to let this team out of the D tier.
2: Especially
0: yeah. in the ACC. Yeah. If it feels another conference, maybe to the C tier, but not in the ACC. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Also a team that was really good last year, Pittsburgh. I'm putting them in D tier. Yeah. Uh, it was a bit unusual in the recent ACC to see Pittsburgh that good last season yeah uh pittsburgh didn't suck which was something uh justin Champagne and xavier johnson pulled the panthers some good wins but a disappointing end to their season mm-hmm. um this foreshadows this season as Champagne and johnson are a little longer in this program yeah uh one transferred and i think one went to the uh nba draft i mm-hmm. think Champagne went to the nba draft um so things aren't really looking that good for Jeff Capel's team. A rebuild year with only one freshman and three transfers is really rough.
1: Yeah. I gotta say. That's kinda tough. That's kinda tough. I, I also have Pittsburgh
0: in the D tier. I don't think Capel's position's in jeopardy. No. Especially after last season, so I think he's fine. Yeah. Uh, somebody whose position might be in the hot seat though. Kevin Keats. He has been trying to rebuild this NC State program for a few years. He's gotten close a few times to getting back to the big dance, but for a variety of reasons, COVID included, has failed to do so. Yeah. Uh, this year, won't be yet. Manny Bates, Jericho Helms, and Cam Hayes are the key players on this team. While Manny Bates isn't the highest scorer on this team, that would be Helms, uh, I think he is actually the biggest threat to this team, and I think he's going to break out. Yeah, quite literally. Uh, I think if his if he's worked this off season to improve at all, mm-hmm. I think he's going to be a matchup nightmare. Yeah. Um, the fate of the Wolfpack really depends on how dominant many Bates can be on the offensive and defensive boards, glass, whatever. He isn't getting much help from anybody who isn't Hayes or Helms, though. Yeah, yeah. The, this team has a lack of depth. This is really dragged them down in their potential, mm-hmm. and it's dragging them down from the bubble into the rebuild and uh, into the rebuild section. Really, I'm gonna—I disagree with you on this. Okay, yeah,
1: I think that state—I think they're going to be C tier. I think they're going to be bubbled. They'll make the tournament. Um, it is a do or die year for Keats, but I think he's a really good coach. I think. He will find a way to get this team to the tournament. And so part of my... I think he's very underrated as a coach, especially compared to Josh Pastner at Georgia Tech. So I am... Um, which I am... I think we're just screening this too. I'm putting Georgia Tech in the D tier. Really? Yes. He, is, Josh Pastner is so, so, so hyped up. Overhyped as a coach. Last year, his Fifth year at Georgia Tech was his first NCAA tournament appearance, and yes, they won the ACC tournament. And that was that was a great, you know, a great tournament run, and I and their team was a fun team to watch. They ended off the regular season with six straight ACC wins, but don't forget, part of the reason they won the ACC tournament was because they their game against UVA in the semifinals was canceled because of COVID. And it was COVID issues with UVA, so Georgia Tech got to advance. They still beat Florida State in the final. That which is no small accomplishment. No, yeah, no small accomplishment at all. Yeah. But in Passner's five years, he hasn't he only has had one 21 season, and that was in
0: his first year. So are you saying that the successes of this team are down to the individuals rather than the coach? Maybe. I just Like they won despite the coach, not because of.
1: Well, no, I think that I think Pastner is good. I think it's a little bit more the players because he had a really talented roster yeah. that was that was playing his system very well, and so that is some of the coach. But I think that's also the players really buying in with Pastner. But still, it wasn't like it was, you know, this dominant year eleven and six in conference, like good. But when it's a year where UNC and um, Duke are kind of bad, like it's really not as great. Whereas Kevin yeah. Keats... Kevin Keats' first three years at NC State, 20-plus wins all three years. Last year was a step back, but it was still 9-8 and eight in conference. So, he, Keats has been more consistent for me. And so, like, I think that's going to help him boost this team into the C-tier. Whereas, with Georgia Tech, I think they're going to fall down to the D-tier. Because, I mean, Georgia Tech had a lot of losses. And maybe Passner can eventually replace those. But, yeah, so...
0: So, we're, so we're, you're flipping yeah. where I have NC State and Georgia Tech. Right. That's yeah. yeah. I guess I should probably talk about Georgia Tech right now. I actually yeah. have them in sort of the middle of C tier. Yeah. C tier is gigantic yeah. for me. Yeah. It is absolutely <laughs> gigantic. I have like one, two, three, four, five teams in C tier. I have C-tier. two teams
1: in
3: C
0: tier. Yeah. <laughs> um, It'll, it makes sense why you'd have so many ACC teams in the C-tier because mm-hmm. all of them are competing with each other mm-hmm. really on a very similar level. It's going to drag them yes. all down. Yes. Uh, but Georgia Tech, middle of C-tier. The buzz around Georgia Tech last season, pun completely intended, surrounded <laughs> Jose Alvarado mostly. This season, the Yellow Jackets are going to have to make do without him and without Moses Wright. Huge losses.
2: Mm-hmm. But
0: it seems that Josh Pastner is getting a, a tune out of his team.
2: Yeah, I, I think he's.
0: That. I think he's starting to get to that point. Mm-hmm. There are still key players on this roster. Um, importantly, senior guard Michael Devoe, fifteen points per game, four point three rebounds a game, three point four assists per game, uh, and uh, retro senior forward Jordan Osher, eleven 6 point six points per game. Yeah, the rest of this team's gonna struggle to score, especially with uh, guard uh, Bubba Parham out. The six point seven points per game out indefinitely yeah. after surgery in his right meniscus, so defending bigs will also really be a problem. Mm-hmm. The upper end of this tier is the bubble, it'll probably be, be less convincing than last season. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I don't. I didn't quite push them into these into the D tier, but mm-hmm. I, I think they have enough to be in the bubble conversation. Yeah. So. Um, Let's go back down to the bottom of C tier, then, because we are down to D tier. Miami, of course, Miami, Florida. After a past few seasons, one can safely assume Jim Laranega has broken 50 mirrors, walked under all the <laughs> ladders he could find, etc., to get bad luck needed to have the injury crisis of the past few years. He's
1: had terrible luck. He has yeah.
0: pissed somebody off. <laughs> Personally, I would chalk it up to Chris Likes ruining Joel Berry and Theo Pitson senior night. Yeah, I think that is like equivalent to breaking like a million marriages. Yeah, or yeah. <laughs> um, that's enough to piss off the basketball gods. Yeah. In any case, Chris Likes has moved to Mississippi State alongside Garrison Brooks, mm-hmm. opening up a guard spot for Charlie Moore or Jordan Miller, whichever. double uh, mm-hmm. just scoring transfers from DePaul and George Mason, respectively. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're gonna fight over that. Alongside mm-hmm. them an absolutely phenomenal Isaiah Wong with 17.1 points per game and 4.8 rebounds per game, take the two-guard spot. Yeah. I don't know whether is going to be bold enough to put both of them starting and then Wong to three, play a three-guard mm-hmm. setup. That would really make his bench weak. Yeah. Um, because Miami's really just not deep, deep talent-wise. Right. And for the most part, they, they can score, but they're not deep. Alongside that... Laronega's brought in three more freshmen to bolster the ranks.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm calling for the bubble for them. Yeah. Their bad luck's gonna run out at some point, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm
1: I'm gonna say that the bad luck's gonna lead to even more bad luck, and I feel like it's getting close to the end of the Larnerga era.
0: I do too. I think yeah. that the season might be his last, regardless. Uh, he's close to the end. Yeah, he can't just keep going. Yeah he's
1: yeah I just I just feel like I mean the past two years have been just so awful past three years really been so awful I I don't see them getting back to it I think it's I think this is going to be his last year they fire him they might go into a new direction
0: yeah I wouldn't be surprised if some uh Coaching coaches start swapping places in the ACC. Ooh. You know? Interesting. What interesting. if State gets mad or just just like just loses patience with mm-hmm. um, Keats or yeah. Pastner just can't perform and Georgia Tech? Both would be pretty good for Miami. They would both be good yeah. for Miami, yeah. Um, But I still have them at D tier. But anyways, anyways. Uh, Wake Forest also C tier. Yeah. Uh, Davian Williamson 129 points per game senior. Isaiah Mm -hmm. Musius, 10.3 points per game and 5.2 rebounds per game senior Mm -hmm. are really going to have to carry this team along with redshirt sophomore forward Tariq uh, Ingram. Yeah. Uh, 11 11 points per game. Yeah. Steve Forbes brings in four transfers and four freshmen. I think this team has the talent and, and the scoring but not enough to really push them beyond the bubble. Yeah. I think coaching is still... A weakness for them
1: and the coaching is what's gonna make me put them at the d tier i, I just it. like i i, I want to see it just show me first you know they they do have bright spots but until they can prove it in a season i'm not willing to put them into that bubble conversation so
0: all right so what are your feelings about syracuse then
1: i i have them in the b tier i know that that's a little bold. Yeah, it is bold. It Look is at bold. what they've lost. They have lost a lot, but they like, lost their best player. Yeah, yeah, on a transfer. Yeah, I just I like the idea of having Bayheim coaching two Bayheims. Like that just just sounds like a lot of fun, right? I mean, but the the thing is, I think Bayheim has to be looking around and saying, "Okay, Roy just left." K is leaving. Why am I still right. here? I mean, Bayheim is. I think he's older than both of them. Oh yeah, he's so old. he isn't he? Yeah, he is. I'm looking up right now. Bayheim's seventy six. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's older. He's been at Syracuse since 1976 seventy seven year. I feel like he wants that, like, one last strong year, right? Because how many years left do his um – They're, all, they're Jim, done. They're done. After, after this, this year?
0: year? Yeah, so oh. I guess I'll go into it. I yeah. feel like the biggest question for Saragams mm-hmm. this year, isn't their team – how good their team is, but is this Jem Boeheim's last season? Yeah. They have a decent core of returning uh, – three returning players. with Joseph Gerard. Um, 9.8 points per game mm-hmm. uh, as a guard. Buddy Beheim, 17.8 points per game senior. Yeah. Jimmy Beheim, a uh, guard yeah. slash forward transfer from Cornell, 16.7 points per game and 5.6 rebounds per game. That's a lot. Both Jimmy and Buddy are using their last year of ele- eligibility to play under their dad. Mm-hmm. This sort of feels like a textbook bookend to a career for Coach Beheim. Yeah. From all indications, it doesn't doesn't look like he's done. The orange and other aspects will keep running their zone defense. Mm-hmm. We all know there's always been those rumors from the preseason. Oh, they're trying out uh, man, <laughs> man to, man, to man. Man. man, and then they <laughs> go back to zone. Oh man, um, they're gonna just play zone and then just rain down threes from the outside. This Q's t- team is missing the dynamic nature of Guerrier and. Uh, Dolajai, Yeah. I think they're just set for the bubble at this point. I don't see them avoiding it.
1: I feel like Buddy and Jimmy Beheim, like, they, I feel like they're going to have a great season together. I think that...
2: They're like ESPN theory, material. Right,
1: oh, it's it's so much ESPN material here. And I, the part of the thing is, I've seen Beheim take
0: Teams that should be in the C zone and bring them up to the B, uh, the B tier. He and took a Syracuse team that had no reason to be in the Final Four to the Final Four. Oh
1: yeah, that uh, 2015-16 team. Yeah, um, they were yeah they were not that good of a team. He he's done it before, yes. and, and I'm giving him some credit because of that. And if this is his last year, and especially well, whether or not it is his last year, it's the last year of Buddy and Jimmy. I think there's just going to be some of this, we're going all out right now. Just call it, man. Yeah. Go all out now. Have this storybook year with Buddy and Jimmy. I mean, not storybook as in like A tier, S tier, but like a B tier team. So, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have anybody
0: else in the C tier? Florida State's the last team. Okay. Okay. I don't think this is too big of a hot take, to be honest. I'm putting them there, too. Yeah. yeah, the reason I would say this is this nothing, absolutely nothing against Leonard Hamilton. He is mm-hmm. he is one of the best coaches yeah. left uh, after coach K retires. Yeah. He, yeah. He, he and he's also getting up there in age too. Mm-hmm. But he is one of the best coaches in the country. Yeah. Um yeah. I don't think even he can get this team into a spot where it's guaranteed to get to the big dance. Right, This team's going to have trouble. There's been such a big turnover of talent in the last few years. He's kept that core in there Mm -hmm. for a few years. And we saw the end of that core last season. Yeah. Really. Um, Good players have been going pro. After this past season losing Scotty Barnes, MJ Walker, Balsa uh, Mm Kuprovica, Rayquan Gray... All at once, I think that's the straw that will break the countless back. The spine yeah. of that team is just gone. The only thing that I think keeps Florida State team out of D tier is Leonard Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Really. One returning player has scored double digits. Yeah, Florida State does bring in three freshmen and two transfers, including a former five-star recruit from Kentucky, Cameron Fletcher. Mm-hmm. They might have just enough to the end of the C tier conversation, the bubble mm-hmm. conversation. Yeah, Leonard Hamilton's gonna be doing his best work doing that, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah,
3: yeah.
0: So, uh, time to talk about B tier. All mm-hmm. All right. So, at the bottom of B tier is Virginia. I hate watching Virginia. <laughs> I consider Tony Bennett's coaching the antithesis of basketball. Dang. Slow, playing slow. Boring basketball, Mm -hmm. moving the ball around patiently, waiting for the opponent to leave a gap, then exploit it. Conserve all the energy for just intense defense. Mm -hmm. It is not monetizable. at all. Offensive basketball where you're getting dunks and posters and just raining three stat padding. Yeah. Like, look how good we are. Look how much money we're going to rake in for that.
3: Yeah, yeah.
0: You don't sell shirts on defensive plays unless it's LeBron blocking uh,
3: uh, somebody. Yeah, you know? Andre Iguodala. Uh, those
0: know. are rarer than the "I'm going to dunk on you and you're going to like it" mm-hmm. sort of moments. Yeah. I, I, uh, they the who's have usually been able to get away with their with this uh, approach because their offense was efficient. Yeah, not this year. The efficient offense really relies on really good talent mm-hmm. and drilling. Yeah. This isn't happening this year. The Cavaliers do retain Kahe Clark, a senior averaging nine point five points per game and four point five assists per game. He is so key to them. Yeah. Beyond him, the experience and spine of this team is gone. Mm-hmm. Tony Bent's gonna have to make do with two transfers. Armand Franklin from Indiana, eleven point four points per game and four point one rebounds, and Ford Jaden Gardner from ECU. Love him. him. 18.3 points per game and 8.3 rebounds per game. Mm -hmm. Of course, at ECU in a weaker conference. In addition, the WHO's bringing in two freshmen. My concern with the transfers is how much are they willing to buy into the defensive style of Tony Bennett? How much leeway will Bennett give these guys to make sure they are comfortable scoring to keep Virginia Mm -hmm. in games? Yeah. That's really the question here. I'm putting Virginia as a lock for the tournament only because of Tony Bennett, but if there's anything that we've learned in the past few seasons is that no matter who you are team-wise or coach-wise, mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter.
1: Yeah. I, I'm i putting them above. I'm I'm, watch, I'm pulling up some Jaden uh, Gardner highlights to help remind me. I think UVA's eight here. I... So I see what you're saying. I feel like UVA's offense requires less offensive skill out of players. Um, It does require efficiency, I agree with that. But it requires less overall skill. They can rely on this dominant defense, win games. And now you're adding in, I mean, Jaden Gardner is a very, very good offensive player. Um, He was the only good offensive player at ECU. That opposing teams had to worry about. Yet he still averaged eighteen point three points per game on about forty eight percent field goal shooting throughout three years. Like that's the average over three years. He consistently did this in the American Conference. It's not a power conference, but it's like the best non power conference. We I mean, think they got really good teams in Houston and uh, Wichita State and um, Cincinnati and the likes. But um. I'm excited to see what he's going to do in that in that offense. Now, I, he's a little bit short for what kind of position he used to play at ECU. I mean, he's 6'6", but he's 246 pounds, so he can body some people around. But um, I think Tony Bennett will have some fun incorporating him into the offense, and that with the defense puts him in the 8th tier for me. I
0: don't know, man. Yeah. They've lost so much. They have. They have. Yeah. And it really takes experience, like – Mm-hmm. buying into that system to make Virginia work. That's true. And you saw what would happen when it wasn't working in the years before. Right. Uh, before, since like their 15-16 season was mm-hmm. when it really started taking for them. Yeah. Before that, it wasn't perfect. Yeah. Uh, so, that's why I have them down in B tier. Also in B tier is Louisville. Yeah. Some people have been putting Louisville a little bit lower. I think B tier is about good for them. Mm-hmm. Chris Mack's time as head coach has really been mixed. Yeah. Uh, this year's team isn't going to be the best he's had at Louisville, but it's also not going to be the worst. Yeah, uh, They bring in five transfers, two of whom are junior college. Uh, in principle, this team's starting lineup will be strong, as is a tendency with the other ACC teams in the B tier. Their bench is going to be problematic.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: look out uh, for these two key men. Uh, Samuel Williamson, 9.66. Points per game, eight point one rebounds per game. Mm-hmm. That's that's no laughing matter. And Jalen Withers, ten points per game, seven point seven rebounds per game. Mm-hmm. So they got guys who can rebound and score. Mm-hmm. Dangerous. Uh, anytime these guys are doing this, anytime you're putting up good numbers in two tiers, mm-hmm. you've got to watch out. Yeah, yeah. It means the game is running through them. Yeah. Um, Moving up to Virginia Tech, also in B-tier, Mike Young has made it look real easy in Blacksburg, taking over a team and essentially not losing much of a beat at all.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: The the Hokies have lost Tyrese Radford to Texas A&M, along with Jalen Cohn. Despite this, the Hokies retain a good starting five. Starting five. Five. I've been talking for too long, Uh, honestly. A good starting five with size, good Mm -hmm. scoring, and a guard in Storm Murphy, a transfer from Wofford, who can definitely mm. pass 4.3 assists per game and create turnovers at one assist per game. Mm-hmm. Or one steal a game, sorry. That's... One steal is a pretty good, it's no, pretty that's good, good. average. That's good, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah it really so is. They're going to be a pretty strong defensive team. Yeah. Um, this as Purdue turns the ball over at the beginning of the, th- of the third, up 21-14.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, strip fumble right there. Yeah, on a run. Um, so defense and shot selection will really define Virginia Tech this season, and I think mm-hmm. it will punch a ticket for the Hokies to go to the Big Dance. Um mm-hmm. uh, anything? No, i don't that makes sense. That. Yeah, right. yeah. Uh, so my last team in B tier is Notre Dame. Yeah. Mike Brace had a few down years, but there are some glimmers of hope last season. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how much of a hot take this is for me to put them up at the top of B tier, but I see the Irish heading back to the big dance. Yeah, there's a lot of experience on this team. Yeah, especially the starting lineup. Five double-digit scorers. Cormac Ryan has nine points, nine point nine points per game. But I'll round it up by, by that point. Yeah, yeah, just um, go ahead and round it up. I'll off. give it yeah. to him. The bench is where things get a bit weaker, though. Hopefully, between the three freshmen and Trey Wertz, things should be stable when lazelski Le- uh, I probably butchered his name, Prentice Hub, and the center transfer from Yale, Paul Atkinson, 17.6 points per game and 7.3 rebounds per game, um, mm-hmm. are sitting. If Mike Bray cannot get this team to the big dance... I think his days are numbered. Yeah, yeah. This is a good team he's mm-hmm. got. Unless some injuries or something happens and stops him going to the big dance, mm-hmm. he's in trouble. Yeah, yeah. In hindsight, maybe I should have put them into A tier, but I don't think they're quite good enough to get to the second weekend.
1: No, I agree. I think
0: they've got that potential, but maybe
1: not enough to, say, A tier. So...
0: Yeah. yeah, I'll go I'll with you on that. Yeah. Um, so I, in fact, have no ACC teams in the A tier. Really? For me, it's either they go to the, uh, the big dance or they're going all the way. Or they're not mm-hmm. going, really. Yeah. Nobody's going to stop at the Elite Eight or Sweet Sixteen. <laughs> so the two teams I've got in the S tier mm-hmm. are fairly obvious, Duke and UNC. Let's start at Duke yeah. for a little second. Okay. And it's really going to be an end of an era on the tobacco road. Yeah. If Roy Williams' retirement from UNC wasn't enough of a bookend, Coach K is following suit and calling it a career after this season. As if you haven't heard. Really. Yeah, in case you haven't. Um, yeah, and just in case. <laughs> As usual, Duke brings in their normal high-end class of freshmen while retaining guard Jeremy Roach, center Mark Williams, and guard Wendell Moore, mm-hmm. sophomores and a junior, respectively. Uh, the key player, though, is Paolo Banchero. This guy has been hyped up for years in the scouting world. Like Quite literally for the past three, four years, people in the scouting world would not shut up about this guy. (laughs) I don't know if quite on the level of Zion Williamson not shutting up about him, but Zion was really forcing you to pay attention to him with the amount of crazy huts and dunks, though not much good that's done for him. Uh, (laughs) We can get into him a little little bit. But uh, this guy... He can shoot. He's mm-hmm. big. He's very athletic. Mm-hmm. And pairing him alongside another athletic five-star recruit in Trevor Keels, this Duke team is very, very dangerous. Yeah. Don't ever bet on Coach K's Duke being down two years in a row. Yeah. That's a very bad bet to make. Yeah. One of Duke's five-star incoming freshmen, AJ Griffin, has suffered a knee injury, mm-hmm. and will impact impact the start of the season. They said he shouldn't really miss too much, but with a knee injury, I think they're not going to take any chances. Right. Though they did especially at the beginning, I think they'll buy him time. They did try to rush Zion back a few years ago and because it was the end of their season, so I don't know. Um, But Duke said publicly that he should be all good to go for the season. Mm -hmm. I doubt this. Knee injuries are no joke at all. Mm-hmm. Uh in any case I can see Coach K working his starters so much, with each yeah. playing probably between thirty one to thirty six minutes a
2: game. Yikes Yes. Lots.
0: That's what he tended to do yeah. recently. He's like, uh, ah, screw it, I don't want to make substitutions. You yeah. play. Yeah. That's what he, especially <laughs> he when does, he does yeah, a the, short bench. Yeah. In yeah. the eighteen, nineteen season, though, you know, those mm-hmm. superstar team. The superstar team, yeah. yeah. He'd play his guys for so long. Um, there isn't really incredible depth on this team it's not really the super team when, it, when you start looking at the depth factor mm-hmm. there is some depth though not a lot but there's enough I think this being Coach K's last season and just how good Paulo Benchero is yeah. Duke has a solid shot at winning it all yeah. They might get those sneaky calls for them <laughs> and they shouldn't. But, oh um... Gosh. It could all, unfortunately for us in our terms, be a storybook ending. Yeah. It's... I mean, how poetic would
1: it be if Coach K, in his final year, made a Final Four in a fifth decade and won a national championship in a fourth decade? Ugh. Um, yeah, so I could I could see it happening. I mean, he's just the I mean, one of the greatest, if not the greatest, coach of
0: all time in college basketball. So
1: yeah, like you don't three, bet against that. Three
0: three of the best coaches of all time in college basketball have been. We're on the tobacco the road. road. Yeah, we can almost say we had more than them.
1: Yeah, I mean that's it's wild it's it's wild so
0: I guess that does bring us from Duke to the other side of the back road at UNC yeah Uh, give me a moment as I scroll all the way up do you have anything to say about Duke while I scroll all the way up
1: um no other than let's I mean the perfect way to end our podcast is a
0: preview of the UNC team yeah I mean we got a little bit about the NBA yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, but you know we're at the tail end of this is an action long but I, Mm -hmm. I want this to be a little bit in depth episode yeah Um, so from one end of the tobacco road to the other, Mm -hmm. from an end of an era to the beginnings of a new one, Hubert Davis was the obvious hire. Mm -hmm. Keep it in the family. There were hintings of Roy Williams style, not keeping up with the modern game, Mm -hmm. despite winning a title as soon as recently as 2017. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in any case, some new tactics, the same vibes are rolling in Dean Smith center this season. The trickiest part to predicting how the heels will play this season is determining how Hubert Davis wants to play. Mm-hmm. Now, this is being recorded the night after um, the exhibition game against Elizabeth City State. Yeah. Um, so, I'll sort of incorporate some stuff about that in here. Um, all we've been given hints, but all we know from Coach Davis's mouth himself is that he wants to play some aggressive basketball, Everybody shooting. Yeah. Yeah. Late night really sort of emphasized this. The way yeah. you'd see players sort of lining up, which I'll get to in a little bit. We've seen some highlights from the closed game closed doors game between UNC and Florida. Mm-hmm. I don't in general, I don't really buy highlights when predicting or analyzing a team because highlights are the highlights are when a team is working. Mm-hmm. You want to understand all the aspects of a team when it's working, when right. it's not working. Right. That's how you can analyze a team properly. Yeah. Um, but of course, I do love highlights to remember the good games. Yeah. Highlights are exactly what the name implies the best moments. Like 7 to 11 minutes of a 40 minute game isn't the entire picture. Yeah. Um, yeah. My curiosity is really in how this team will begin the possession, transition between offense and defense. In defense,
2: really. yeah. And
0: creating offense.
3: Basically,
0: I, I have a question mm. about everything. There are certain <laughs> things that, certain little parts that really uh, pique my interest. Mm. This is really a bunch of jargon that simplifies to, I want to know how different we're going to be. Right. In general. So, I'm going to do my best here and try to illustrate my thoughts on how UNC will play. Um, try to back it up with what I saw yesterday, though I did write this before all of this. Um so we'll start with the defense. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the UNC defense last season without aggressive te- aggressively team rebounding and leaving shooters wide open for threes. Yeah. Um, Roy's common aid to the latter is to stick leaky on their shooter. Yeah. We know like, gosh, he keeps making threes. Okay, leaky, you're, man, you're him, man him. Yeah, you know, you're, yeah. You're, you're, you're you're a man on him. Yeah. Oh no, they got two guys shooting threes. <laughs> leaky clone (laughs) yourself (laughs) yeah Yeah. um it's not quite how it works but um (laughs) this worked when there was one guy torturing us but not when there was a balanced team right offense around uh facing us so we'd be playing two power forward slash centers a lot the the term centers just really falling out but Mm -hmm. Essentially two power forwards, let's just say that uh, at the same time. Putting Kessler and Armando or Sharp and Brooks on the floor at the same time, well, it made us a rebounding nightmare and a paint monster. Mm. It would leave the team incredibly inflexible against fluid five-out offenses or even four-out offenses. Teams that would understand moving would be able to create mismatches of their own choosing on the perimeter, requiring a big to contest a three from two to three feet too far away mm. or just leave us scrambling to plug holes that a team passed or just pass right around us and get uh, an open shot no problem yeah i anticipating Hubert Davis will stick with rebounding as the core of UNC offense and defense mm-hmm. and that's reinforcing what I saw at the exhibition game yesterday yeah we would always rush the boards. Mm-hmm. Defense, office, always, always rush the boards. Yeah. Yeah. So we're still doing it. Armando would run... Everybody would run to the, for the rebound, but especially mm-hmm. Armando. Mm-hmm. We had like nine offensive rebounds. I don't know if we had the total of nine in the first, or if mm-hmm. we... Um, at some point in the first, we had nine, and then we exceeded mm-hmm. that. But we were offensive rebounding a lot. Yeah. It's still right. going to be a core part of us to rebound. Mm-hmm. Um. I do not think that is a stretch in at all, considering the transfers we brought in. Dawson Garcia from Marquette, Brady Manic from Oklahoma. Well, we'll get to more on them later, but just I just think the positioning of players on defense will be different.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Rather than parking forwards in the paint and daring the opponent to come in, I think we're going to see more of a focus on a mobile perimeter defense mm-hmm. with help defense into the driving lanes. Something more traditional with the current game. Yeah. Um, and I don't really think that's too much of a logical leap here. Basically, we're going to make sure we cover everybody on the perimeter. Right. And our fifth man is going to be closer to the perimeter, but can also easily get assist back. the yeah. paint. Yeah. To, to shut them out. Yeah. And to get those rebounds. But make sure Armando and Dawson are in key positions. Yeah. To... Uh, to assist in the paint, yeah. Uh, so yeah, rebounds. As I said, a to UNC and will still be a huge priority. Offensive rebounds still as big as ever. Um, this was all, like I said. This was written before the game. I'm more so interested in the defensive rebounds and how they will spark a transition from offense or from defense to offense. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what I saw yesterday. Where. Armando's first instinct Mm -hmm. on a rebound not even looking behind he was still facing off court Mm -hmm. behind the basket Mm -hmm. when he got the rebound he turned around immediately and passed it in one motion Mm -hmm. up the court to I don't remember who I wrote it down I don't want to lose my place right here Yeah. but he immediately pushed it up the court to a guy uh, running for an Easy bucket. Mm -hmm. He didn't even have to leave his side, uh, our side of the uh, court. Yeah. So we had a set defense already. Yeah, yeah. We are. um, That's something I love. We are immediately looking Mm -hmm. to push it uh, from Mm -hmm. a rebound transition, get a quick bucket. I like that. Still the fundamental UNC transition offense. Right. Right, right there. Rebound directly into an offensive play. Yeah, and it's it. I mean, it's such a big part of
1: our game because it can. Um, you know when you when you do that, it it it's almost like a psychological thing, right? Um, when a, a team is you know struggling to get a shot off, they get this shot off, and then like a few seconds later, UNC's already scored because they're pushing it with that you know what you just said, get the rebound, launch it up, you know push it forward fast. Then the offense gets the ball back. Like, well, gosh, like we just spent all this time trying to get off that last shot. And they just made it look like look it's so easy, um, so there's a psychological impact to it, I think. Um, but yeah, no, go ahead, keep on going.
0: So um, we all know about Caleb Love and how he had some issues keeping the ball last season. Yeah, I well I'll elaborate more on Caleb later. I don't think that's gonna be m- <clears throat> excuse me. I don't think that's going to be much of a problem this season. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be as much of a turnover machine. He'll yeah. still turn over the ball, but. Something you have to expect is creators. This is yeah. true in in other sports, especially when you look at soccer. Mm-hmm. The, the people who create the most mm-hmm. scoring opportunities turn over the ball the most. Yeah. Like, uh, in soccer, the top two uh, players who would lose the ball were Messi and Kevin De Bruyne. Wow. Also, two of the highest assists producing players in their years. Yeah. That is no coincidence. Mm Mm-hmm. And and the trend just holds true for all the other creators and other teams. Mm Mm-hmm. Though, last season's turnovers with Caleb Love weren't all trying to make a pass but the pass failing. A lot of that was he he just got stripped of the ball. Yeah. The, The other guard would just get the ball off of him or he'd just dribble it wrong. Yeah. I think yeah. those are going away. That's good. That's important. That's part. very important. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, that's huge to our him being able to develop. So, something that I find it sort of interesting is to see if Coach Davis is going to allow forwards to do any ball handling. Okay. To let the guards get open on the perimeter.
1: Yeah.
0: Now, this seems sort of random for me to bring up mm-hmm. but it can really open up some driving lanes to the bucket so typically if you have your point guard with the ball just running up the court like yeah, you know, tongue people just trying to set up the offense trying to get things running yeah, yeah. Um, you're going to have a guard guarding camp. right? typically you're going to have your two guards forward forwards are going to be a little bit behind them covering mm-hmm. the other team's forwards and then you have your uh, center slash forward also sort of Floating around trying to make sure the paint's covered and everything Mm -hmm. else. What happens when you switch it up, when you have a forward uh, bringing the ball up as ball handler, Mm -hmm. you are changing the shape of their defense into something that they wouldn't be really used to. This is something you'll see with LeBron James, Mm -hmm. where when LeBron is ball handling, especially earlier on, Mm -hmm. um, they're driving lanes open. The defense isn't ready for a forward to be handling the ball. Yeah, yeah. And you'll just see him just walk right through the defense, straight through the bucket, and mm-hmm. posterize somebody. I'm not yeah. saying that Dr. Stiles <laughs> is going to posterize people yeah. by being a ball handler. So you're saying he's a LeBron James. Yeah, he's yeah. LeBron James. No. Um, <laughs> yeah. What I'm saying is that you will create mismatches. Mm-hmm. You will create shot opportunities by giving your forwards the opportunity to ball handle. Yeah, yeah. Push the ball up the court. Give RJ, give Caleb the opportunity to spot up. Mm-hmm. Hey, if nothing happens, give the ball back to them and let them set up the offense. You have yeah. 30 seconds in college. Yeah, plenty, plenty time. of time. Plenty of, of time. time. Yeah, Play around with it. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm sort of curious about. I did see Leaky ball handle yesterday, though. Oh, yeah. I don't know if Hubert Davis considers him as a guard or a forward. Yeah. Because he can be both. Yeah. In reality, he's, he, I think he's. NBA height, he'd be a guard. Yeah, but he's in college. He's more sort of a forward, right? Yeah, has played point guard for us. Though. I don't has, like I it as much.
1: Yeah, it's always interesting. Him trying to play guard because he's he feels like he's in the in the middle of garden for small forward. Like,
0: I feel that some college coaches really neglect the power of putting the duty of ball handling in the hands of a forward. Yeah. It doesn't have to be every possession. Just change it up every once in a while. Create some mismatches, some errant rotations on defense that the team has to acknowledge. And if they don't, you're creating an opportunity right there, whether yeah. they're twos or threes or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, something that I really liked, um, I think this was actually the um, – this wasn't in the Elizabeth City game, uh, mm-hmm. Elizabeth City State. Actually, he did it in both. Um, I know Armando did this in mm. that game, but he also did it in the scrimmage, uh, where Armando grabbed the rebound, preparing a three-fourths court pass of uh, the ball to the runner. He turned around, saw, made sure there's Justin McCoy right running up where I thought yeah. somebody's gonna be running up, yeah, and he yeah. immediately passed it, no hesitation, for a free bucket. Yeah. This is something extremely rare to see. Mm-hmm. You, this is something that means there is a system. He knows. Yeah. I think somebody's going to be right there behind me, uh, running yeah. up. If I turn around and I make sure he's there, mm-hmm. I'm passing it immediately. Yeah, so all I need to do is see him right there. Right, right. There's a system in place, a transition offense that is ready to go. Mm-hmm. That is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very risky, and it's not going to be available. But it's a free two points if it works. Yeah, and it allows the defense to already be set by the time yeah. the uh, opposing offense. Uh, comes back, mm-hmm. so I guess it'll take me to the offense. Mm-hmm. Hubert Davis's emphasis on shooting is well known. It was well known that UNC had shooting troubles for the past two seasons. Partly chalked that trouble up to poor positioning and the movement of players. Mm-hmm. Also, stacking two forwards in the offensive paint wasn't the best move to create space for shooters. Mm-hmm. I don't think shooting will be much of a problem this season once we, of course, get warmed up a little bit. Hubert uh, Davis, as one of the best sharpshooters, period, understands the spacing needs for an efficient shooting system. So key number one to this team is movement.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Not that movement wasn't happening under Roy. Every single game, you would see Roy screaming his head off, <laughs> trying to get his guys yeah. to keep
2: moving. Yeah.
0: Why? Because movement creates openings. Mm-hmm. You have a common thread amongst many sports. Football, soccer, basketball. In football, you want the receiver uh, running his route. Keep moving. Make your, make your, make uh, make the guy who's guarding you mm-hmm. move. Create space. Mm-hmm. Um, soccer is the same thing. You move, you have to drag the guy with you. You'll create one or two yards, mm-hmm. maybe five yards or something. Get Give yourself some space and time. Basketball is the same thing. Use picks. Use whatever. Mm-hmm. Screens. Create the space. If you're not moving, you're giving your defender a breather. Right, we got right. guys on the bench. Keep moving, keep sweating. Yeah. You'll be whistled out for a break, and you'll be put back in. Yeah, keep moving. You'll get a score, or the team will score.
1: Yeah,
0: that is, that is number one. There's a reason Roy would keep screaming yeah. to guys. Yeah, and you, you Christian Keeling moving. refused to keep moving until he eventually figured it out late in the season, mm-hmm. in the 1920 season. Yeah, and when he did, he was scoring. The team started moving, and he was scoring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. um no, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so last year, the issue was that players weren't moving. Armando and Garrison would basically be parked in the paint, moving slightly, but not really having the movement room needed because you're putting two big guys in the same spot. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to make the defender stay awake to the possibility that Dawson Garcia, this is going to be key to the season, Mm-hmm. That Dawson Garcia will leave the paint, go beyond the arc, and make the defender track him,
2: mm-hmm. because
0: Dawson Garcia can punish a team with threes. That's the key point of the season, and we saw that against Elizabeth City State. Mm-hmm. He was parked in the paint for a little bit. Yeah, the defender was you know, on him, but he was able to roll off back to the corner. The I guess I guess the right corner. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. Whatever corner, it doesn't matter. Yeah. He rolled off the post into the corner uh, for an open three after mm-hmm. receiving the ball. And the def- and the defending forward had to track him, but it was way too far away to actually do it reliably. Mm-hmm. And it was a free three points. Right. Mm-hmm. So that is a key. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Arm- Whether Ar- or not Armando does this is a question. We've seen videos of him. Drilling threes mm-hmm. soft season, but in the Elizabeth City State game, he just turned away a three
2: wide That's, open yeah, three.
0: I'm surprised. You you think Coach's telling him? I to, don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, if teams start respecting him on the three, it's a <sighs> whole different ball game. Yeah, we are gonna yeah. open teams up. Like this. yeah, uh, what I also want to see is I, I haven't seen this from him yet is. Okay, they respect him. They're gonna they're mm-hmm. gonna close the distance to him. Does he have the ability with the ball to step beside him, go mm-hmm. past the defender coming at him, mm-hmm. and go to the bucket for a free two points? Um, Nobody stopping him if it goes through the lane. Just sidestep yeah. your defender and go to the bucket. Can he do that? Will he do that? I don't know. Yeah, I want him to do that though.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So um, this, I guess this brings me to discussing the players uh, enough mm-hmm. of a rant about tactics i've probably bored enough people down uh so we're gonna <laughs> yeah, go down good. the this roster yeah uh go down the roster in order of seniority yeah. excluding walk-ons This is the main players um i'm saying this but i'm watching Purdue, is up 28 21 driving down in. the field yeah. yeah this is yeah an upset in the brewing right here uh so let's start with brady mannick the grad transfer from oklahoma Bring in valuable experience and flexibility. He's going to space the floor. Mm-hmm. He can defend. He can rebound. He can do it all. He's a key piece of the success. Mm-hmm. He didn't start, though, yesterday, which was interesting.
3: That that was surprising. Yeah, yeah. so the
0: starting lineup uh, was Caleb Love, R.J. Davis, Kermin uh, Walton, Dawson Garcia, and Armando Bagot. Mm-hmm. Of whom Love, I think Love and... Uh, Love and Armando came out first. Yeah. For Manic and um, McCoy. Okay. So it moved RJ into the point guard position. Okay. So I'm not 100% sure on the intents of so sort of this rotation, but it mm-hmm. seems that we're going to start with two bigs yeah. and then transition to alternating. Yeah. Alternating our bigs. Okay. That but seeing sense. Brady Manic off the bench was a little bit interesting. I thought he would start, but. Yeah. He was a little bit stiffer on defense than I expected. He wasn't as mobile as I would have thought. Uh-huh. So uh, maybe that's why he's not as good on a defense for a starting lineup, but I think he's going to be tremendous. He's going to be a big uh, role on this team. Yeah, yeah he's going to be tremendous for scoring, especially for off the bench. All right, let's talk about Leakey. Yeah. Is he a guard or is he a forward? <laughs> Leakey is full of contradictions. He's been an infuriatingly timid shooter. When it comes to threes. Actively passing up open shots. Is he a ball handler? In my opinion, he really shouldn't be handling the ball too much. Because his only option is passing. Mm -hmm. He he is not going to shoot. He's not going to pull up off the dribble to shoot. Yeah. Uh, Especially at three. And he's not going to drive to the rim. I don't think he has the body to drive to the rim, really. Or what. The ability to get around somebody who's going to do that. So his only option is to pass. Mm-hmm. Defense is really his only calling. <laughs> now, this, this is assuming he hasn't improved his shooting, which I think he probably has. You have to improve your shooting. You would hope. Yeah. I hope. You'd hope he would. But, uh... I think that's the reason Leaky didn't start. Yeah, Leaky's options are so limited. Yeah, because he's not a good shooter. He's mm-hmm. not gonna spot up, shoot, pull up, or anything. Yeah, his only option is to pass if he's a ball handler or to play defense. Yeah, so he's inhibiting the ability of that team. Now I know inside Carolina predicted him to start and said he has to. He's gonna start with the benefit of the doubt, and uh, it's down to him to lose it. Yeah. From what it looks like in this exhibition game, he's starting without it and he has to earn it back.
1: That yeah, that's very interesting. Which Um,
0: I think is a big play by Hubert Davis. That is a big call. That's bold. Yeah. That is a very bold bold call. But he's also saying nobody's immune from from being pulled here. Yeah. Yeah. He um gosh,
1: like if he could just add like, you know, and I know this is a lot, but like Bulk up some more, get get like an extra ten pounds or so, um, so that he can drive to the paint. Then he would be scary, to, uh, offensively. Um, so, but he hasn't done that.
0: Yeah, he's he's a conundrum. I think Roy's insistence on putting him in the starting lineup was a problem. Yeah, he was the solution to. Defensive Defense. problems, yeah. Yeah. This year's squad is more deep, except yeah. in the big role. Yeah. But for the way we want to play, I think we'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I, speaking of bigs, let's talk about the big one. Armando <laughs> Very big one. Oh, I'm he so excited is the for him. talisman. He's a junior, man. He's already yeah. a junior. Gosh, that's wild. remember oh, that's... remember when he, when he was touring during, uh, what game was it? Uh... It was one of the games my senior year. I Yeah, I remember that. And we
1: were yeah. um, we were chanting. Uh, no, that was no, 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 Dayron. Sorry, that was Dayron. No, no, Armando day
0: came wrong. in. He had already committed. Yeah. He was working on convincing Cole to... Yeah, that, yeah, um, yeah. He was, he was still also very, very much into it. But uh, Armando's the talisman of this team. He and Caleb Love are the two most important players on this team.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Armando plays well. Everybody plays well. Nobody in the country, I think, is going to compete with Armando in the paint defensively and offensively. Very few will. He should dominate yes. in there. Yeah, you are a junior at North Carolina. Yeah, you've had the best of coaches. Yeah, and you're having another good coach.
1: Yeah, yeah. You should be able to. You should be able. The to system is more. going
0: to be built around you mm-hmm. having room to exercise your offense. Yeah. Um. We've seen him in the offseason showing off some more range. If he's truly added the three, or just even jump shots in general. Jump shots are a little... It's a little scary sometimes to watch him jump shot. Because yeah. all I can see in the head is just a brick. <laughs> a brick back to sender.
2: Oh, literally yeah. just
0: bouncing off the rim straight back to him. Oh gosh. Um, but things might have changed. If he's truly added a shot, and then... Armando's in the conversation for the best player in the country, not just best big, really? best player. Really, that's bold. Okay, yes. Okay. Um, so let's talk about Anthony Harris. Okay, he's a junior. <laughs> really, what? he's a junior man. Gosh, these guys are getting old
1: so fast.
2: We've
0: barely seen
1: him. Yeah. yeah, we saw him
0: his freshman year. And he's technically a, he's technically a junior. We've barely seen him. His best performances. Came in those few games played in his freshman year before his other ACL tear. Gosh, I can't believe. Yeah. Other ACL. Part yeah. of me thinks that Harris uh, is an unknown, unknown entity waiting to break out, dropping twelve points per game off the mm-hmm. off stellar three point shooting.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, timid use of Harris later in the season leads me to think that I don't think he's fully healthy, and it's possible that the injury has actually just impacted his shooting. Mm -hmm. You don't see him being posted up to shoot like Kerwin was. Like, Harris is being posted up to shoot um, in his freshman year. He wasn't being used like that last year. Right, right. So, Mm -hmm. it's a lot of question marks. His defense has been a strong point. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And Roy would definitely drop him in for the defensive hustle, not necessarily the scoring. Yeah. Yeah. he showed a lot of hustle last year. My feeling is that Hewitt Davis will do the same this year, but encourage Davis Harris, sorry, mm-hmm. to take, uh, take more shots. Mm-hmm. I think if it doesn't work out for him this season, I think he's transferring out. Really? This, is, yeah. this might be a last year. Last, last I shot, think yeah. we're going to be giving him, hey, clean slate for you. Right. This is your year to show us are you in or out? Yeah. Are you good enough for North Carolina? Yeah. And he might not be. We'll see. I think he'll be good enough. He'll have the hustle, but it might not be enough to keep him here. I hope he stays. Yeah, he. I, I really like Anthony Harris. Yeah, I hope he stays. Somebody who's transferred in, though, Justin McCoy, Jr. Also from Virginia. He's actually from North Carolina, from Cary specifically. Oh, that's cool. Okay. Yeah. So being at UNC is like being home for him. Yeah. Uh, at Virginia, McCoy didn't really get the playing time he wanted, so that makes it a bit difficult to judge his abilities. Mm-hmm. He is a 6'8 forward, so he's technically a big, and he mm-hmm. can shoot. I think he's going to be rotating with Brady Manic and Linky off the bench. Okay. And, in fact, he came in with Brady Manic uh, really? as a double substitution. Okay. As the first substitution. Which shows that he seems to be in the plans. Okay. that's yeah, He that's was in the lineup before yeah. uh, uh, Anthony Harris was even put in. Anthony Harris came in later. Oh, really? Yeah. All right, so now we're into the sophomores. Caleb Love. Mm-hmm. As I mentioned above, Armando and Caleb were the two most important players in this team. Caleb Love factors in because I expect a massive jump in his confidence and skills. It's been a little bit since we've had a starting point guard stay for more than a season. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Caleb Love had his moments last season, and there were glimpses of a skill set last season yeah. as well. Primarily, I felt his defense was very... Very good a lot of the time. I and mean, he showed his explosiveness, explosiveness in the open court. Mm-hmm. Just remember those Duke dunks. Oh, yeah. Some oh, yeah. emphasis on those jams. Oh, man, Caleb Lo- Love, Duke
1: version it was yeah. something to, fun to see.
0: Yeah. We saw the end of last season, Caleb yeah. Love. What we're supposed to supposed get. Supposed to be getting, yeah. He only settled down and figured it out. Yeah. But. Uh, <laughs> he's gonna be really good. Yeah. Um. So of course, assuming no injuries, please no injuries. Oh gosh. Um. Last season, the problem was his turnovers, and I would see nothing from forums and people. But take Caleb Love out. Take Caleb Love out. Uh-huh. Without, I felt these people didn't like. Of course, he's turning it over on offense, mm-hmm. but his defense was so important. Yeah. Yeah. So so important that we couldn't afford to take him out. Roy right. well, knew we take him out, we got nobody to play defense like him. Yeah, he was a good defender. He would hound at yeah. the guy on the ball. He sure would. He sure Teams would. Teams had to go around him to score. Yeah, go to try to uh, go to a player that he was not defending, mm-hmm. uh, defended by Caleb Love. Um, so with an off season under his belt, I can see Love drastically rev- uh, reducing turnovers. Three point percent closer to the forty percent, not quite forty percent, but you know, bring, drag it up, drag yeah. it up, you know, and a consistent rate of steals. Actually, that'd be nice. That yeah. should sure be nice. And uh, this his last season, probably here. Yeah, you think he will go pro? Oh, he's going pro. One hundred percent, he's going pro. Okay. If, he, if he has a good year, he's going pro. Uh, so let's talk about Kerwin Walton, also a sophomore. Yeah. Curran Walton was, for a time, the only bright spot of the team last season. Yeah, his three point percent might not have been super, but it was good enough to bail out a pitiful shooting night. Yeah. However, towards the tail end of last season, teams were really figuring out Walton.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Teams were straight up man mark Curran. Yeah. The flip side of this is that Curran would eventually figure out how to get away from his man. There was a few games where he would do nothing. Mm-hmm.
2: Eventually,
0: it seems that uh, the, the coaching staff worked with them yeah. and helped them figure out how to get some space between him and the man marker mm-hmm. and to be able to put up a shot. And he would, he would get up some more shots. Eventually, yeah. they'd return to 10, 12 points per game or something.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, he's capable of beating a man. I'm not entirely sure, though, what to expect from current and improvement improvement watching last season. More muscle mass—that's sort of a given, reliable shooting, sure. But I'm more interested in seeing if he's going to be more of a ball handler, or if he's going to improve his mm-hmm. defense, or if he looks to get into the paint more often for a layup. He needs to do that. Now, I wrote that part yeah. before I watched late night, and then, oh, and of course, before I watched the Elizabeth City game, yeah, City, Elizabeth City State game, yeah. And in both of those occurrences, Curran Walton would get the ball, and he he was going on the baseline. To the bucket, trying to yeah. dunk,
2: mm-hmm.
0: trying like trying to put something that's into nice. the paint. He's trying to add skills to a skill set instead of just being a spot up shooter. Yeah, which is great at his efficiency, but it's also a limited use. You want your starters, you want your good players to mm-hmm. do more than just one thing. Really good. Yeah, that's what sets you apart from the rest. Mm-hmm. So, I think. Sort of not to toot my own horn or anything here, but I think I got my <laughs> prediction on curling yeah, right so yeah, far. Yeah, but of course, it's is, is not even the first real game has been played. Right. It's been the exhibition, it's the exhibition, yeah. the practice. But you, you can start judging a team based on its tendencies, mm-hmm. where people are going to be sit, standing, their shapes and stuff. Yeah, It's going to give you more of an indication than oh, they scored this many points and yeah. shot this many threes. It's Like. Well, it's not entirely that. It's right. how you approach it. That's yeah. the key. Yeah. But um yeah. Let's talk about RJ Davis, also a sophomore. Um RJ is being touted by some people as a player as offensively talented as Kobe White. Mm-hmm. I yeah, that no. was my reaction too. Yeah, this was no. it before the season, before last season, and I yeah. really doubted like I I don't think enough people appreciate just how offensively minded Kobe White was, was. How much yeah. of a matchup nightmare he is. Uh-huh. And even now in the NBA, uh, he's injured right now. But mm-hmm. people didn't understand how uh, like how much of a nightmare he can be for uh, defenses to handle. Yeah. Because yeah. He, ma- he makes the defender think about multiple options. Yeah. Now, RJ has no defense. Last season, he... Let up so many. He had so many defensive failures Mm -hmm. uh, last season. It cost us games. Yeah, quite literally, unable to track his track his man really.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, So it didn't really pan out last season. I can see a more dramatic increase in his offensive productivity this year. His shooting last season was very hot and cold. More so cold though. Uh, ball handling, iffy. His defense was just bad. Mm-hmm. So trying to draw conclusions from late night scrimmage is risky. But it seems RJ has been working on a shot. That's good. <coughs> That's good. Um RJ yeah, RJ along along with Caleb or the more aggressive guards trying to go to the bucket, and to be honest, I just see that continuing. Yeah. Um Puff Johnson you know, brother of Cam Johnson. the One of the best shooters, uh, in know, my yeah. opinion, at, in UNC history. Yeah. I don't think he's going to get the record for UNC. Uh, or He doesn't have a record for UNC history, but he is surely close. Yeah. Like, he had un- like his senior season, if you take it by itself, is a record, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just that efficient. That yeah. unfair. Yeah. Um, Puff, though, hasn't quite gotten... That many minutes to try and live up to the pure BS levels of long-range accuracy his older brother had. (laughs) Part of this is that Puff has been dealing with an injury for months now and is actually keeping him out of the initial part of this season as well. That's too bad. Yeah. He's... He needs to put on some weight. He needs to still work on his shot. Yeah. But I understand he also doesn't really have defense. Mm -hmm. So putting him in on would be sort of a late-game thing when we're already winning... He's mm. put some minutes under his belt trying to make sure he gets some shots up yeah hopefully improve his defense over time he's a multi-year mm. project right right but I don't I really don't know what to expect from him except to come in and give some minutes when we need to sit some guys down because they're really cold as well mm-hmm. yeah we'll see yeah um, Dawson Garcia the transfer sophomore from Marquette uh, Dawson's one of our more interesting pieces in the puzzle a 6'11 mm. forward who can shoot Work in the paint and ball handle, too, hmm. if needed. Um, he is starter quality and a matchup nightmare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, we saw how much of a night- matchup nightmare he was when we played against him. And mm-hmm. uh, our loss to Marquette after beating Florida State. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, mm. But we saw he started. Mm-hmm. So sort of confirmed what I said, that he's starting level. Um. I don't know whether I really wanted him to start or not. I'm more so of the... I want my first group and my second group to be as good as each other. Yeah. Because I want to take one group out, put the other group in, and be like, there is no change to the level of our game. Right. right. We are going to just keep coming at you over and over and over and Mm -hmm. over again and wear you down. Yeah. Now, that's going to be the exact same thing we do. But but Coach Davis and Roy always, you know, cycle guys in and out, make sure they Mm. play... 150% 150% all the time. Yeah, yeah. I just remember the Duke game from a few years ago where Luke May was basically just begging Roy, please let me go to the bench and rest a little bit. <laughs> then he gets the ball and just dunks somebody. He's <laughs> like, Roy, please, I need a breathe <laughs> uh, But, uh, yeah. Oh my gosh. Um. I have high hopes for Dust. He's going to be really good. But he's yeah. still raw. He's still a raw player. Right. Um, He is not as fluid in the paint, not as adept, not as professional-looking as Armando. Mm -hmm. But he does have that shooting skill. Yeah. He has that shooting. Um, Where I said that Armando got a rebound, turned around, and immediately pushed the ball up the court Mm -hmm. by passing it to Justin McCoy. Dawson Garcia had the exact same position, but that Mm -hmm. wasn't his instinct. He got the ball... turned around and was looking to someone short to pass to
2: mm-hmm. and
0: sort of lollygagged on it more in that split second of a moment where you could turn around and make Close a pass it, yeah. without the defense really reacting to it. Mm-hmm. That losing that, that moment, that's the difference between Armando NBA level. Right. And, or hopefully to be NBA, hopefully level, NBA level yeah, and Dawson Garcia. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Dawson has the ability. He has the talent. Mm-hmm. We just need some time to get things in. We yeah. have to bring him into the system. Yeah. So, uh, he's still going to be a critical piece to this team. Oh, definitely. All right. DeMarco Dunn. A freshman. An explosive guard. This guy can shoot. Mm-hmm. A lot of guys have him marked as our better freshman. Really? Yes. I would say he's a very good freshman, but I'd like Don Tristava a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll get to him in a, a little second, but DeMarco Dunn might be a sleeper talent on this team. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't be surprised if he starts getting more and more minutes as the season goes along. Mm-hmm. Especially, especially if there's injuries or concerns to players. If Ant Harris isn't really performing, yeah, then we're going to see DeMarco Dunn coming in before him as well. Yeah, um, He is definitely capable of scoring twenty points per game if he's given the minutes. That'd be nice. He is definitely capable of doing that. Wow. Defense probably not, mm-hmm. you know, other aspects of it, probably not, but he can he can definitely shoot. He's gonna be a more mm-hmm. spot up shooter probably this year. Yeah. That would be my guess. That brings us to Dontres Styles. Freshman six seven forward from Kinston. He looks sort she of like can. a Jack of all trades player, but he's truly more talented on the offense and, and offensive end than the defensive end. Mm-hmm. I had this gut feeling. I don't know what. I had just this gut feeling that Dontrez will ball out when he's given a chance. You know, guys from Kinston really know how to ball. They sure do. We we've had a there, there have been a few from down there who NBA turned out NBA ca- NBA player capital <laughs> of the world, you know. Yeah, yeah, Most most NBA players per capita in the world. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah. Go Kinston North Carolina. Um I've seen highlights of Doncic styles for a few years now. Mm-hmm. He's good enough to get into the highlight reels consistently of news networks and stuff. Yeah, which is saying something. Which is saying something. Yeah. 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 Kobe didn't even get this much coverage. Right. Yeah. Right. But I mean, like Kobe was like iconic with his mm-hmm. hair and stuff. Yeah. Doncic for a lot had a lot more coverage. Yeah. Um. I'm just trying to find my place. I write down a little <laughs> too much. I'm very talkative. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but um and it's but it's been a really a hot minute between the last time I've seen him on the highlight and the guy I saw in the blue and white scrimmage.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Dontrez is already built. This dude is a man already. Mm-hmm. He like he doesn't like weight room is really gonna help him too. Yeah. But he doesn't need it. He's not like Puff where he like you put him out there like you're afraid you're gonna break him. Or Like b <laughs> route. Right. no, this oh, he gosh. can take he can take a hit. He's gonna be a decent bruiser. He's he's gonna to go to the bucket. Yeah, here yeah. you're not gonna stop him very easily. Uh, he's comfortable on the ball and has mm. a good sh- uh, stroke shooting. I am calling it right now that he will get at least a at least one 18 point game off the bench, mm. showcasing his potential. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna say right now, I give him a 20 percent chance of being a one and done. Really? Yeah. Really? Okay. okay. 20%. The reason 100%. I have it that low, in my opinion, I think it's low, is because I don't know if he's going to get the minutes. Yeah. I think if you give him the minutes, he is 100% capable of being a one-and-done. Yeah. I don't know if we'll give him the minutes. Is the mm-hmm. That being said, you had people like Patrick Williams and mm-hmm. uh, Scotty Barnes. I think Scotty Barnes also came off the bench. He bench, yeah. you had guys coming off the bench for Florida State, and they just went to the draft and were drafted really high. Yeah, no, I'm not saying that Dontre Styles is going to get drafted high uh, after playing off the bench for UNC, but yeah, he is definitely capable of being really good. Dion Waiters um, spent
1: two seasons coming off the bench at Syracuse and then was the number four pick in the draft. That is big. So it happens.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, so let's get to I guess, my starting lineup predictions. Yeah. Um, this was sort of, my, in my mind, the depth chart, though it is 100% changed mm-hmm. uh, since this Elizabeth City State uh, game because I got the starting lineup completely wrong, in my opinion. <laughs> oh, not in my opinion. It's factual. I got it completely wrong. <laughs> but this is what I had in my mind. Mm-hmm. We might see some version of this where we have Caleb Love, RJ Davis, Curran Walton, mm-hmm. Brady Manic, and Armando. Yeah. Those were my starting five. Yeah and caleb love and demarco dunn rotating with each other R.J. davis and anthony harris rotating with each other mm. kerwin walton leaky black and dantra styles all three of them rotating between each other okay and of course like those guys can also drift into the other guard lineups especially leaky right right um in fact the way it worked yesterday is that leaky probably came in for a guard yeah um, yeah. um and then Brady Manic, Justin McCoy, and Puff Johnson. The Puff Johnson is not playing yet. Yeah. So let's just put him to the side. Yeah. Armando Bacot and Dawson Garcia interchanging with each other. Mm-hmm. Of course, that didn't quite happen. What you had is Dawson starting instead of Brady. Mm-hmm. So what came uh, so Justin McCoy and Brady Manick came in first. Okay. At the bench. So yeah, the first thing you'll notice is that uh, from here is that Leaky is not starting. Yeah. And I got that. I got that on right there. Uh, yeah, well, you I did. Well, yeah. I think at the season start, Leaky would start. Got that wrong. Um, Coach Davis will eventually put Leaky on the bench to give more flexibility to the team.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You'll then notice I moved Kerwin to the three. That's a big take. Yeah. That's what happened though. Yeah, and that's that's yeah. what happened in our starting lineup. He was at the three because mm-hmm. he's big enough to play the three in college. I think six five. He's big enough. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah he's small. He's yeah. small for a three, but he can do the job. Yeah. I think the I think our starting starting lineup is going to be different depending on who we're playing. Yeah, yeah really. I, I could see that, yeah. I don't think we're going to have a solid starting lineup because if we're playing against a big team, we're going to play we're gonna play differently than if we mm. play a smaller team, etc.
2: Right. Um
0: yeah. but Kerwin's a bit undersized for the 3, but I think he can handle it. Putting RJ, Caleb and Kerwin on the court at the same time with Brady Manic, and the defense will really struggle to contain the shooting and driving capacity of the team. Because all of those guys can drive. Mm-hmm. All of them can drive. And you've got uh, Armando in the center. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> good luck. Yeah. Um, it also brings DeMarco Dunclish to the lineup, which we didn't really mm-hmm. see him until later, which is... I'm kind of sad we didn't see that much of him.
3: Yeah.
0: I, Like I said, I think later, as season progresses, we'll see more see of more him. see more of him, yeah. Um... So, yeah, the three spot might keep changing depending on the opponent I mentioned. Yeah. Uh, another thing of note is I had Darston Garcia on the bench specifically for the reason that the team, uh, I, I believe that the team will always want a center on the court. Mm-hmm. Of course, the way I accomplished this was having mm-hmm. one of them start one of them on the bench. The way Coach Davis solved this was, yeah. we're starting both of y'all, and we're just going to rotate you guys in and out after we start. Yeah, yeah. I I don't, I'm more sort of a fan of the way I would do it because I'm terrified of foul trouble. Right. We get right. foul trouble, we're screwed in the big in the big department. We don't mm. have anybody like Brady Manic is a big, but he's not six ten, six eleven. He's six nine. Yeah. So we're really lacking there. Um and I guess here's my prediction. Twenty eight wins. Okay. 28 wins, so not quite. Okay. We don't quite reach the 30 point. 30s 30 where you're lot. like, you're a national championship guy if you win 30, right? Yeah, there. yeah. Um, Elite, Eight, Final Four. I think that's our ceiling. Okay. Well, this team is scary depth. So scary in depth, mm-hmm. and has so many different ways of playing. We can play big bully ball in the paint. Mm-hmm. We can play five out, four out. We'll play mm-hmm. some zone. Man to man, full court press, half a court, lot. whatever. We have the tools to do everything. Coach Davis has been blessed <laughs> with a great team yeah. to start his campaign. Yeah, his, his start the books really. Yeah, and in and, and, and all in all seriousness, I'm a Toriel, and of <laughs> course I, I have a very high hopes. Uh, I think this team has a very high ceiling. Some say that the ceiling is the roof. <laughs> um there's a lot of ifs. You know, right. Injuries are the biggest if to anybody's season. Yeah. To anybody's season. Um of course how people mature between seasons and mm-hmm. over the course of a season's another another thing. Yeah. Like we saw Caleb mature over a season, Christian Keeling. His mm-hmm. maturation came a little later, but he matured over the season as well. Yeah. yeah. Um I think is I think this team is going to look a lot like the 18-19 team. Really? Yes. This is the team of Cam Cam Johnson, uh, Luke May, um, Kobe Kobe White, uh, Kenny Williams, Mm -hmm. Garrison Brooks. Yeah. That is a good team. Yeah. That was a very balanced team. Little off the bench, too. Sear Little off the bench. Yeah. Um. Like, that is a very good team. And Leakey. Mm-hmm. Don't forget Leakey. Oh, Leakey. oh, my gosh. I Don't forgot. Don't forget yeah. Leakey. Can't forget Leakey. Yeah. Because um, he had a good season that year. He did. He did. He didn't really anticipate his scoring troubles that year. Yeah. Um, yeah. We found that out this, the next year. Mm-hmm. Um, this team's going to look very similar to them. Mm-hmm. In that we're going to be playing a lot of four out. Yeah. Uh, a lot of four outs. Yeah. Uh, which is what we did, really... Sort of indirectly in our eighteen nineteen year. Yeah. And you know what it took to stop that team, right? We were a number one. We were so good. We were so good, Despite yeah. losing to Duke in the um, ACC. ACC. final Yeah. Was it the semi-final or the final? Oh. Uh, it doesn't matter. Um, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. We lost yeah. to them. It was the final. Uh, or the semi-final, sorry. Okay. It was the semi Okay, okay, Um... Even losing to Duke in the tournament, in the ACC tournament, mm-hmm. we were a one seed. Yeah. Yeah. Along with two other ACC teams. Yeah. Okay. The ACC was dominant that year. So, what did it take to stop that team? The F- flu. Ooh, the flu. And an absolute historic shooting night. Yeah.
3: Our
0: like, if UNC didn't have the flu, mm-hmm. would the shooting night have been quite that good? Probably not, but still very good. Mm-hmm. You would have had an explosive game.
1: Oh yeah, that would have been. We like, got it
0: yeah. down to five in the second yeah. with the flu before it just got away from us. Speaking of the flu, I just have to jump in here with the college
1: football news. Uh, Florida State, they're playing a football game tonight against NC State. They are going to be missing twenty to twenty five players because of the flu. Oh
3: my
0: god! <laughs> um, Did they get the flu shot? I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can still get the flu if you have got the flu shot, but it shouldn't be as bad. That many players
1: on your team? Um, that was a good defensive play. Purdue player. almost had an interception
3: there. They're, that was a very good team.
0: defensive play. Swat the ball down yeah. from the from the end zone to the ground, prevent a touchdown for uh, Michigan State. Yeah. I feel like I could have gotten the interception there if he was trying, but he was definitely just going safe, knocking it down. Yeah. Purdue leading thirty four to twenty one in, in the fourth nine eighteen left seven, yeah uh, but yeah it took a historic shooting night and the flu to stop our eighteen nineteen team right right the beloved team with Luke May Kobe, White Cam Johnson yeah I, like that that was one of that uh, Loki that is better than our mm-hmm. championship winning team mm-hmm. it was really hard to stop that team yeah and uh, yeah. I think we're li- we're on that level. Yeah. We have some experience across the board. We have mm-hmm. scoring. We have size. Play different ways. We're gonna be good. I think I think we're gonna be good too. Yeah. Um are you so you're putting them in S
1: UNC's S tier, man? S tier. I I can see it S tier. I'm gonna be just to be safe, say A tier, um, just since it's a new new coach some edits to gameplay like how they play and um some transfers you're gonna be playing big minutes so i'm gonna officially land on a tier but i can see it as tier as well because i mean you, you laid it out we've got a very talented and deep team
0: there are very few teams as talented and deep as we are yeah and yeah. those that are aren't quite unc yeah, they're, not, they're yeah. just not UNC. Right, right. The only other teams that are quite as deep as us. Mm-hmm. I guess I'll go back to the uh, to the top twenty five: um, Gonzaga, mm-hmm. Kansas, Villanova, mm-hmm. Texas.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh
0: that's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, UCLA, sort of. The injury issues there. Mm-hmm. Those are the only teams that are quite as deep as us. Yeah. And, I mean, that's a handful of teams right there. Right, right. What I'm saying is that this team has the potential to get there. Yeah. I, I agree with I that. Think yeah, if, I agree with that. Yeah. And I think... We'll, we'll see. I, mm. I'm saving all these predictions. Unless something goes catastrophically wrong with the Google uh, storage system, it, mm-hmm. that would be something not in my hands. That mm-hmm. would lose this. And even then, I have this voice recording to say... Prove what I've said. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll stand by my uh, predictions. And hey, if I'm right, I'm right. If I'm wrong, I'll just go cry about it and be ready <laughs> for next year. Where I'm going to say we're going to win the championship. <laughs> so um, this has been a long episode, but we're almost done. Almost done, yeah. Almost done. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the NBA. Specifically, I want to talk about Cole Anthony because this guy is balling right now. He is. He is. Uh, we did mention the uh, the 1920 season of Christian Keeling. Uh, But the biggest note about that year was Cole Anthony, you know, just Mm -hmm. having to carry that team, having to injury it during that year as well. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a very fun year, bad shooting. But Cole Anthony, Mm -hmm. uh, last season he appeared have some bad shooting, but Mm -hmm. this season he's averaging 18.9 points per game. Oh, but not just that. Not just that. Mm -hmm. 7.5 rebounds per game and 5.5 assists per game. Mm-hmm. all together that's pretty good
1: yeah yeah no that's
0: very very good I mean in his in those last five games he's had a 24 point game a 31 point game and a 21 point game mm-hmm. on a that's team nice. that's yeah it's tanking it, yeah. It is, they just got some recruits and all but there are some draft picks and all but they're not quite good. Cole Anthony is a bright spot in their career, or in their season. Yeah, sorry, yeah,
1: yeah. And, and Purdue
0: a... just intercepted the ball. Or No, was it a stop.
1: No, that was an interception. Yeah. Oh, there we yeah. go. Um, gosh, that was huge. Oh, uh, there's a flag. So, oh no.
0: Well, we'll see. <laughs> uh, Purdue thing. fans are happy, but let's see what happens. The refs are all meeting with each other, but uh, well. What else we got? Well, the Hornets, before this week happened, (laughs) were 3-0 for the first time in franchise history. First time in franchise history? Yes. Wow. But the uh, Hornets,
2: well,
0: how should I put it? The Hornets aren't having fun right now. They're 5-5. Yeah. Since then, they've not been having Mm -hmm. fun. Some road games... And just mismatches, really. Off shooting nights. Though Miles Bridges has been quite. He's just been a revelation. Mm. MIP, most improved player, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wrote that down before the season started. You did? You did? Uh, man, I wish I could just cash it right now. <laughs> yeah. But there's still, still so many up. more games. There's still, uh, still a long season. Yeah, still 72 more games. Oh, and it was against. It's not It's not an interception. It's against yeah. Purdue. So it's a first. In, oh, no, it is. It, it is an interception. Mind. But um,
1: they basically backed
0: them up. Yeah. But there I, I a... can't read football. Apparently, <laughs> uh, I'm too focused on Miles Bridges being a god right now. <laughs> um, in other news, the Blazers are really struggling. They are
1: struggling. Big um, time. Lost to the yeah. Cavs
0: the other day. I mean, a lot of people are losing to the Cavs. We're six and. Four. The Cavs create such a matchup nightmare. Yeah. With Markkanen, um, uh, what's his name? Mobley. Mobley. Jared I was gonna say Allen. Moody. It's Mobley mm-hmm. and Jared Allen. Three seven foot players yeah. playing at the same time, and it's not like Mowgli isn't the ball. Hand- this guy can ball handle. Yeah, he can.
1: He is ball control. He is looking very good. Um, I mean, it's still just just ten games into the year, but still, he is putting up good putting up efficient numbers too.
0: Yeah, we've seen yeah. the Cavs have very good starts to the season, and then it unravel. Yeah, um, but well, Jared Allen, um,
1: this year through ten games, i to talk a little about him. Fifteen points, eleven rebounds per game, seventy percent shooting. Seventy percent. That is, he like he he you know fifteen points per game. You know you were like oh well, seven percent shooting more, but like he is really You're picking and shooting, basically
0: guaranteeing fifteen points per game right there. Right. Right. He is only shooting when he
1: really thinks he has a good like a good chance. And he, when he's shooting,
0: he does have good
1: good chances. And that's really awesome. Like he said about Mark and... And still, Kevin Love could come back at some point. And if he wants to. If he wants to. Ricky Rubio has been the surprise for me. He's
0: been a, quite the point guard.
1: I, I thought he was kind of washed up and done. No, but he can,
0: he's pretty good. He can put up seven or eight assists in the game off the bench, too. Yeah. Apparently, Cat has like to tweet. Carlton Clooney Towns is like to tweet where um, it says "get Cat out" <laughs> or something <laughs> like right. that. All right, get just get Cat the Timberwolves. <laughs> it's not a good time. No, over there. not not good time over there. Yeah. See, why are all these other teams stacking up centers, and the Hornets are like, please give us a center? NBA is like, no. Yeah. You don't get to draft a good center, or like a starting quality center. Mm-hmm. We have Miles, uh, or Mason Plumley, sorry. And not the greatest. No, he's not, he's not fun. He, he just gets rolled on the defensive end too easily, and his offense is very, very iffy. Mm-hmm. So, what can I say? What can I say? Warriors looking really good. Mm-hmm. Despite still no Clay Thompson. They're a good team. They are a good team. They're a good team. Um, Jazz. Bulls are, sh- are still rolling, though... They lost Patrick Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean... Heat's heat at 6-2. Heat looking I was good. I telling you,
1: you know, watch out for them being able to have a chance at finishing first in the East.
0: We'll see. Yeah, long season ahead, though. Long it's a very ahead. long season ahead, but I'm so glad basketball is here. Yeah. Basketball has returned to save my evenings after work. <laughs> you know? But um, I think that's all we got this week. I think that's all we got. Yeah, uh, thank you for sitting uh, through all this episode. this two hours and 23 minutes of episode. Yeah. But uh, I hope it was entertaining. Do please tell your friends about this podcast because, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we, good we want to grow more our audience. Yeah. Yeah. We did forget one thing. Every, after every UNC basketball game, I always do a review. Oh, good, bad, and a ugly. good, a bad, and an ugly. Yeah. And... Uh, Well, sometimes the uh, like that sounds a lot like, well, you're saying one good thing and two bad things. Well, sometimes the ugly can be good. So, (laughs) the good. Let's start with the good. Mm -hmm. Uh, The exhibition game on Friday. Yeah. The good is basketball's back. Right. And we look pretty nice. Yeah. The bad is shooting's a little bit rusty, and I didn't get to see all the freshmen, really, Mm -hmm. that I wanted. And the ugly is a good ugly. (laughs) We have some good, good ugly depth. We are a very, very deep team. So uh, expect probably these to be a little bit more in-depth when real games start happening. Mm-hmm. But uh, thank God that it's Tar Heel season again, oh, Tar Heel yeah. basketball season again. And oh, yeah. uh, um, hopefully you tune into our next episode. Thank you, everyone. Yep.
3: Yeah.